This is Hanny from Agabus.com, and you're listening to Verbally Challenged. I value loyalty a lot. My mother left me, like, disloyal. I I wasn't married. I put bank accounts in my wife's name. She didn't leave. Loyalty. You know, I, even in my professional work, loyalty is involved. And so I value that. I value it. It's, a, it's, a, it's a very high dollar that I value that. And, and even myself, I was loyal to someone to a point where I was willing to put myself in serious jeopardy in order to help them, you know, and I say to people like younger people, I'm like, you know, I've stood in front of juries. I know my, my loyalty has been proven. Yours is in question. What's up, everybody? Harry Kimbiets here, and welcome back to Verbally Challenged. Got a very special guest here with me tonight, the one and only Bobby Skullface. What's going on, man? I am very well. How are you, sir? I want to say tonight, all bets are off. You can ask whatever you want to ask. Go as deep, so to speak, as you ever want to dig. I will tell you everything with that I can. You know, some <laughs> stuff is out of outside of my what, ability what? to yeah. tell you, but anything I can say, I will say. I am excited about tonight. I want people to listen to this and within the first five seconds be like, okay, I'm locked in. I'm yes. going to ride with this until I get to work and I might have to sit in the parking garage at my job for a few extra minutes to finish it. That's where I want tonight to go. Nice. Nice. All right. So you just let me know if I go too far off the ledge, you just got to pull me back. A little nope. Bit, nope. Right? I'll just tell you, I just tell you that I can't answer. I'll just tell you that I can't answer, but, but everything else is an open book. Everything I can answer tonight is an open book. All bets are off tonight. Yes. All right. Awesome. Well, glad to hear that, dude. I'm very happy to have you. It's been a long time coming. Um, you know, I know you're a very busy guy, uh, so I appreciate you just taking the time to hang out with me here tonight. You are one of the good ones, Jose. I know that about you. And uh, anything I could ever do is always is always on the on the table. One thousand percent. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And um, and while I have you here personally, just thank you for uh, verbally challenged being added to the Cool Table Network. Very proud to be a part of it. I think everybody knew that was going to happen. <laughs> we just had to. We just had to make you. We just had to make you dedicate yourself. We had to. We had. We, everybody had to see that you were committed. And then as soon as we got into, you know, it was, it was a no brainer. But I think everybody knew that that was a no brainer. Yeah. Of course, and, and, and it was the, and, it was unfortunately it was the least exciting cool table announcement ever because everybody knew it was gonna. Happen. <laughs> I get that, I get that, and I was gonna say, hey, at least I'm being a little bit more consistent nowadays than toy detoxes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah who is it? <laughs> <laughs> I love Mickey. I gotta get him on. That's my guy. Like that man. Yeah. So, uh, well, thanks for hanging tonight, man. We're gonna have some fun. Got some questions. Of course, uh, we were having a nice conversation before we went. We live. were. It got it got too good. That. It got too good. Where I was like, I. 
I had to stop you and say, let's record. Yep, yep, yep. So so let's do this, man. Uh, right before we hit the record button, I just started getting into asking you, because um, mm-hmm. doing this podcasting thing, man, and I wanted to get uh, into some of your roots, because I've listened to Shattercast for a long time, a few years now at this point, but I came in late probably, you know, while you guys were in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting to listen to that show, I'll be honest, man, like, I was not into podcasts at all. I, I mean, yeah. I, I heard of them, never listened to them. Um, yeah. And then, you know, being a part of the realm, being part of the group, and you're seeing just the promotion, you know, for your show and other shows that are out there. I'm like, all right, let me check it out. And and listen, I had no idea what to expect. And to be honest, like that first listen, um, okay, you're hearing, you know, like the introductions and then people are saying like what they got. And I think this is even before like, etr like so i wasn't even mm-hmm. familiar with that format and, correct and, and what those guys were doing so just the the whole intros and then when you guys were like talking about the things you got your pickups for the week honestly my initial reaction was like why like am i listening to this why am i listening just to some <laughs> random guys just talk about like the toys they bought and stuff like that and so yeah. initially i didn't get it um but then I was like, you know what? Like, you know, you just keep seeing it coming up and seeing your videos on YouTube and stuff like that. You just keep hearing about Shattercast. I'm like, let me just listen again. And I'm glad I gave it that second chance because if you're just trying to go by like those first quick couple of minutes and that's your first impression, you're going to be like, what am I doing? Yeah. Uh, the meat was listening to the conversation between you guys. And that's something that's a big thing and kind of stuck with me because I remember when I first wanted to do Verbally Challenge, um, I reached out to you to kind of get some thoughts and advice. Um, and as we were just talking about before we went live here, um, I feel like I have to ask like, like your roots and getting started in this, like I know you were on another show before doing Shattercast, I think from Correct. hearing past episodes and some things happened, you went your own way. I'll but, air all that out. But, I what, will air all that out for you tonight. Special what, night. This is a special night. So, well, let's air it out. But before we get to that point, what was your impetus for like just getting into this whole podcast game? What made you want to do it? So I was drawing. This, this whole thing started from i read an article in a paper of there was a number of i think it was firemen in close to where i live that all were diagnosed with cancer Mm -hmm. i think two had thyroid cancer and one had testicular cancer and i was like good grief like what kind of what kind of world is this where like three guys like all you know so i drew this picture of red alert inferno and ratchet and i sent it to that department mm-hmm. i found their address online i sent it to them and i was like look i don't know if this means anything to any of you guys but here's something and then i had mugs made Mm -hmm. with the same picture made on all of them and on the other side it said fight Mm -hmm. and i sent it to all of them oh i got all three of their names and i sent it to all of them though one of the guys that had this was a chief and he actually contacted me and he's a you know he's a chief obviously i guess older within that organization Mm -hmm. what, what have you so he hit me up 
and he had like this real salty voice. Like you could tell he had been through it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he was like, uh, I'd like to talk to the person that made this uh, mug for me. And I was like, that's me. I'm, I'm Bobby. Oh, hi, Bobby. Why did you put flight on it? And I was like, well, it's, it's fight, uh, sir. It's fight. I was trying to entice you to fight this disease you're battling. Oh, well, that's a nice gesture. And who are these characters? <laughs> I was like, Look, man, I, I love Transformers. These are three Transformers that turn into fire equipment. I thought maybe it might resonate with you guys. I didn't, you know, I don't want to have this conversation with you. <laughs> I just wanted to show my support, you know, for you guys serving the community in which I live. And, and he was like, wait, so what are these? And I was like, they're transformers. They came from a planet called Cybertron. They came to earth. And he's like, so these are visitors from outer space. And I, I was like, look, I'm done with the fucking conversation. I'm, I'm over it. Um, two of the guys beat it. The two guys with thyroid cancer beat it. Awesome. And the third guy, unfortunately passed. Okay. And he had testicular cancer. And another guy, this is what's crazy. I've never told this story. This is why I'm excited about tonight. Yes, this is good. Um, another guy contacted me from, because he found my card I sent with the mug, contacted me with a picture that was like, uh, I just buried one of my brothers. And I think he was just another firefighter. He wasn't like a, a, a proper biological brother. Mm-hmm. and he had this mug on his nightstand and took the picture of it. And he was like, and he kept it on his nightstand the entire run. Mm-hmm. And he finally passed. He fought his ass off, et cetera, et cetera. They actually sent me a shirt that they made within their organization for him mm-hmm. to like encourage him to fight and sent me that picture. And it's like, it's, it's real, you know, like it's a, it doesn't look pretty. It's a nightstand with dirty dishes on it, like a guy that was obviously sick. And it's not a pretty nightstand with a lamp and a candle. There's like spoons and, you know, uh, use Q-tips or whatever, you know, like regular shit, like That's fingernail true. clippings. And <laughs> and then my mug. I don't know this guy, you know, and he put my shit next to his nightstand and rode with it, you know, and I was like, fuck, you know, now I also sent, I, uh, in that same article, they were raising, they were raising funds for their health, right? Mainly for this, this guy that eventually passed, God bless Mm -hmm. the dead, but they, I sent the original to them, the original pen and ink, Mm -hmm. and they auctioned it off and all the proceeds went towards his health. Wow. And my piece auctioned off for like $150. Now, obviously, these are people that are going to this event to throw money at of, this dude. Of course. You know? Yeah, of course. So I'm not taking it as my art is worth $150. But what I am taking it as is there is business here. Mm-hmm. So I started drawing more. And my whole goal was, uh, and, and Adam, you know, co-host of Nerd Rage, was integral with that he was like look this is it like you did this thing it paid off keep doing it like create this content 
pro gives a portion of the proceeds to a charity every year. You know, let that be the guiding light because this is what sets you on this path. Mm-hmm. So I started drawing, 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 and I've always drawn, but not as diligently. Right. Mm-hmm. And while I was drawing, I was looking for stuff to listen to. Mm-hmm. I started listening to a podcast called Good Morning Cybertron. I, what do they say? Sampled. I sampled all of them. Mm-hmm. Where your you, w, your WTFs, your RFCs, your all, I, I sampled all of them. Were you familiar with just podcasts in general? No, no, not at all. But I was starting to get into collecting at this time. So I had Googled and I found third party by this time. So I just put into YouTube third party transformers and Good Morning Cybertron was a, po- a podcast that popped up. Mm-hmm. So I listened to it and I would listen to these guys as I drew. So I eventually contacted them and I was like, look, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm about. These are the pieces I'm working on. You know, I like what you guys are doing. And you know, if you guys could give me a shout out or something, I would love it. If not, that's cool too. Either way, I appreciate the content you guys are producing because it's helping me while I draw. Mm-hmm. So they gave me a shout out. They actually used my picture as their thumbnail for that episode. And then they used, I sent like two more pictures. They they used them as like the subsequent two episodes, thumbnails. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote them back to show my appreciation. Right. And I was like, look, man, I fucking love what you guys have done in support. Like that's fucking big of you. And thank you, you know, mm-hmm. thank you a thousand times. And, and they were very pro third party. A lot of the podcasts at the time were not. Okay. And I said, uh, you know, and by the way, you know, fuck Hasbro, P.S., fuck Hasbro. Mm -hmm. And they read the email on the show and they were like, you know what, with an opinion like this, we should have the guy on the show. Mm -hmm. So I wrote them back and I was like, I would definitely be willing to give a shot. And they had me on an episode and that's what started it. That was the beginning of it all. Now That was the beginning of it all. Before that, like any kind of like aspirations to do anything in television, radio, because that's almost like what podcasting is, is like being on the radio. So nothing at all. Nothing. I I dabbled in the music business a little bit in the early 2000s, um, throwing shows and events and fundraising. And um, there was a family that was... uh, some some of the stuff it's like you got to be sensitive about how people digest this information um there was a family that was firebombed in baltimore city mm-hmm. um they called the police on a group of drug dealers in that neighborhood and those guys blew their house up basically and killed everybody in the house bar like two people mm-hmm. And there's a difference when somebody calls the police that is involved in that life and informs on people in that life Mm -hmm. versus a civilian that's just living in that neighborhood that is calling the police to protect their family within that life. Mm -hmm. So I got wind of it. I I knew some local artists. I organized them. I helped organize them and organize some people that I knew in uh, created some content and that content, the money raised from that content went to benefit that family. Mm-hmm. And we were able to present them a chat, like the whole thing. Like it was a nice, 
thing that we did. The city was involved. The paper was involved. The whole bit. It was nice. Mm-hmm. So I had a little bit of experience, but nothing related to pop culture. It was all in regards to music in uh, the city of Baltimore, which is the city that I lived right outside of that I've just always had a kind of hometown love of. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting then how you just fell into that. So with them inviting you on, uh, was that just meant to be a one-off guest appearance or just, just that just one appearance blowed them away and they just decided to keep you on from there on out? I think it was meant to be a one-on. I think the reaction from their audience was mm-hmm. overwhelmingly positive where I they continued to invite me on and then I kind of became a regular. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, you know, I mean, you know me, like you really know me. So mm-hmm. I like to put hands on people. Like I like to look people in their eye. I, it makes me feel more comfortable. It makes me feel less detached and more human. Uh, so I was like, look, let's organize something. Let's get together. So I invited them out to my house and we did a recording of an episode at my house on their channel. Uh, which is still up. You can view it on YouTube or whatever. And that's where my mask came in and the whole bit, because I was going to be on the thing and they had already started calling me Bobby Skullface. Mm-hmm. And um, and we did this whole thing. My, my wife fed them dinner. Like, mm-hmm. like, like It's like Skullfest beta is what, yeah. basically what it was. It, it, and it was T2RX6. Mm-hmm. He was there. Um, this guy, Scott, who basically ran the show over there. Uh, and this guy Xavier, who flew in from LA, wow, at the time, yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, wow. Um, and then myself, and then Scott's girlfriend was there as well. Uh, and we recorded the show, put it up, huge reaction to it, mm-hmm. you know, it, and it, it kind of went on. And then, you know, like all true things, Eric, <laughs> one day, it, one day it withered on the vine. <laughs> How long did it take for that to happen? Were you a part of the show for long before things started going south? So there were a couple things. Like um, <clears throat> I pushed. So T2R6 was not really part of the show. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I shouldn't put this. I shouldn't really be putting the shit out there. But I'm going to put it out <laughs> no, there for you. No, nobody listens to my show anyway. Don't worry about it. <laughs> T2R6 was not really part of the show. I was not really part of the show, but I was petitioning for T2RX6 because he was part of the show before I came on. Like he was a regular guest. So I was like, man, like this dude's name needs to be mentioned in the show, mm-hmm. you know? And then I was like, well, fuck my name needs to be mentioned in this goddamn <laughs> show. You know, um, I was going to TFCon. I was taking trips already at this point. Mm-hmm. I was getting drops for these guys. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, I was like, man, the names maybe. So uh, I think it was Mantis. It, it was either Mantis or uh, Max. It might have been Max. This dude Max put together an intro and added T2RX6 and added myself to it. And we were like, fuck, that's big. You know, like we're now really a part of the show. Uh, and then it went on. And then probably from the point that we recorded the show, that was probably in in um the middle of summer to december 
that's when the fallout happened, like within six months of that moment. And it was January. It's pretty much the first week of January where Shattercast started. And Shattercast launched from the ashes of our experience with that show. Okay. And and I want to make it clear. I don't have any ill will toward like at this point, mm-hmm. like that was five years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't, if I saw them, I would say, Hey, I would keep it moving. I'm not going to sit down and, you know, but you know, it wouldn't, I, I'm not going to pick them up and body slam them on, you know, like, I, like it's not a issue. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, there was a time where it felt like an issue, but now it's not an issue. It's just like, you know, it just didn't go that way. It went yeah. different. Was it, if I could ask, like, you yeah, know, of course, it, yeah, because it seemed like, okay, you wrote to them. They seemed to like your strong opinion on the things that they were talking about. So the fallout, was it because they maybe got a little bit too much more than what they bargained for? <clears throat> so yeah. the fallout happened because they had another guy, right? They had a, like a irregular guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I forget the gentleman's name. And it all started over a um, a Springer he bought, like the best Hasbro figure ever made. That that's generation Springer, yeah, correct, very good one. And um, he bought that Springer, but it was missing a weapon. And he came in after the show, and he was like, "You know, I bought this Springer. It's missing a weapon. What should I do?" And I was like, well, you know, look, uh, go back to the store you bought it from. Tell them you bought it. It was incomplete. Try to exchange it. Well, I don't have the receipt. Okay. Um, Here's something else you can do. Buy a Springer. Fix your incomplete one. Take the other one back with the receipt and say, I bought a Springer. It was incomplete. Here's the box. Here's the receipt. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not a liar. I won't lie. But if you give me an opportunity to express the truth, <laughs> I will do it. Okay. Right? So, with that, it's like, look, he did buy the Springer. It was incomplete. You bought another one to complete yours, and then you go back to the store and you say, look, I bought a Springer. It was incomplete. That's a fact. That's truth. Mm-hmm. If you dig a little deeper, you might find, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's still a true statement, right? And he was like, well, I don't feel comfortable doing that. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, here's another option. Did you buy it? Where'd you buy it? He was like, I bought it from Walmart. And I was like, well, take it back to Walmart. They have an easy exchange yeah. policy. Just say, look, I bought this. I don't have the receipt. It's missing a piece. I'd love to just re- replace the piece. But, and he was like, well, I don't want to do that. And I was like, well, then just keep the fucking thing you got. Yeah. Yeah. Because I got frustrated. Mm-hmm. And he was like, uh, well, look, I don't need the, I don't need the smart Alec or something, something like, I don't need the, I, whatever response I gave him, he, he mm-hmm. was, um, unappreciative of that response caused some feelings correct and so that's when i lost it you know a little bit and i was like look i don't give a fuck what you need you know um, like it, it, I, I you know and i went that route and did this happen left. like on the show this was on the no, show it was a show, show post show post show i wouldn't have done that on the show i would yeah. just kept quiet um 
you're making me very envious right now. I just want to let you know that. Um, but he was like, he got quiet. He disappeared, you know, and he was having some financial issues anyway. Right. Um, and that's why I'm happy I, ha- I didn't put his name out there because mm-hmm. he was saying that he was using, you know, different programs to help get himself right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, and then, I'm, but I'm, 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 I'm activated now, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm like, and you know what? Speaking of which, you shouldn't fucking be buying any toys when, you know, and I, 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 I like, you went I, in. I went in and that was that. So a couple weeks later. Scott said he 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 ran the show, okay. and I always give him credit because he said that um, he was down. He was like he had a serious case of the blues, and he went to the store to get some equipment to send himself on the the long nap. Mm-hmm. And instead of that, he walked past a pair of headphones and a microphone, and he started a podcast. And that's what he credits as saving his life. So I always give him credit, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's beautiful. And I never wanted to get in the way of that. Um, and he said he had like a meeting and he was like, look, from now on, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to talk down on anybody. We're not going to. And I have a guilty conscience. So I was like, look, I got a feeling this is about me. I don't know this is about me, but I got a feeling this is about me. Mm-hmm. Um. And he was like, no, it's not about you. And I was like, oh, okay. It feels like it's about me, but okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it came up again, you know, and I was like, look, I'm out. I'm out. I, like, I, I'm sorry. And I understand how important this podcast was to him because it saved his life. Right. Like, and I, I valued that. Um, and I was like, I'm sorry for getting involved. And I'm sorry if I overstep my boundaries, I'm just going to gracefully bow out and I wish everybody the best and etc. He PM me and he was like, please don't go, you know, come back, et cetera, et cetera. It's not, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, okay. If you know, if, okay. Cause I enjoy doing the show. So, mm-hmm. okay. And I don't have anything against that dude. I think he's actually, um, I think he has a voice that's natural for radio. Like, I think yeah. he's a talented guy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, so I came back and then one night we had this meeting and there was a guy named Josh who was on that show, who was a nice guy. I say always liked him. And he was like, Bobby, can I talk to you for a minute? And I said, Josh, I'd like to think you could talk to me about anything, which was being a little funny, but I meant it. Yeah. And he said, sometimes I get the feeling you don't respect me. And I was like, what's, uh, I'm, I, I think that you might take that because I'm just an aggressive person. So I have the tendency to cut people off. I have the tendency mm-hmm. to interrupt. I have the tendency to like, let me stop you right there. I'm going to get, you know, like, yeah. but it's not that I don't respect you. It's just that that's my nature. It's, I do it to my wife. I do it to my kids. I do it to my best friends. I do it to my, like, I do it to everybody. And I was like, and never feel like you can't tell me, wait, shut the fuck up for a minute. Let me get this point out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you can, it's just my nature. Like I, I can't sit back. You have to stop me sometimes, you know? Um, so 
it's not personal. He said, okay, cool. Uh, and then Scott said, he finally came out with, it's that I offended this dude, this dude with the Springer. Yeah. Um, and that's when it all came out. And I was like, well, look, I, I tried to walk away from that situation because I felt like it was about me. And you told me it wasn't. And then the whole dynamic changed. And I'm saying this, I'm not saying this to put Scott in a bad spot. Uh, I respect Scott. I got love for Scott, even though our relationship went left. Um, Scott says something to me that put me in a, especially 35 year me, not 30 eight year me, mm-hmm. which is trying to make some changes, Jose. Yeah. yeah. Um, but 34, 35 year old me, he said, um, he said, I'm like a, uh, a piece of dynamite. I think is what he said. Yeah. And he said, I'm like, I have the world's longest fuse. Uh, but once it blows off, I'm a Wolverine backed into a corner. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm from a different place than Scott was from in that regard. So I had to clarify what that statement meant. So I said to Scott, I said, Scott, do you think you'd ever be in a position to make me feel intimidated? Mm-hmm. And Scott mm-hmm. said, no, probably not. And I reiterated, no, probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I'm going to walk away from this before it gets ugly, but I'm not, I'm not that guy. Yeah. You're you, the one. There's no, there's no, you're not going to strong arm me. Mm-hmm. I'll lose and be happy. I lost. That's what's fucked up about me. I, I, I'll go the distance with you. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how you get the respect though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how you, you know, <laughs> you I know, think so. I think yeah. so. Mm-hmm. I think people that also will go the distance, they, they will respect that. Um, so long story short, that's where we parted ways. And God that's damn bro. Over a fucking generation Springer. Figure. Over generations. <laughs> over Walmart's return policy. More stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that is some bitch shit though i'm not I mean, i'm not talking shit about the dude or whatever but the the suggestions that you said right the very easy suggestions even mm-hmm. if you got the shit on amazon and fucking and send, send the shit back like you know what I'm saying? the one that's correct it's no problem easy no problem. questions asked easy problem to overcome you know so yeah. i mean I, I mean i respect the guy not maybe wanting to do anything underhanded or whatever i correct. think something like that is something to be respected but honestly like who gives a fuck about some shit like that? I've got yeah. Peanuts. I think know? I even suggested that he call Hasbro, you know, and he said like, he did like everything. That was the problem is like, there's some <laughs> people that don't want solutions. They just yeah. want to, you know what I mean? I, I can't waste my time with that. Like I, I want to give you solutions and then try them. And if they don't work, then I'll go back to the table with you. Let's work the next solution out. Yeah. You know, but he didn't want solutions. He just wanted to vent and that's fine too. But let me know in the beginning that you just want to vent. Yep, and then I won't offer solutions. Correct, exactly. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, it's like around, the people on that they say, like on Facebook or whatever, always asking, you know, like how do you do this? How do you end it? You know, or asking for advice, and then they don't take it anyway. So it's like, what's the fucking point? You know? Correct. Yep. Around that time, my wife had bought me two pieces of foam core and a camera because it was around Christmas mm-hmm. to do reviews, and I'd got with Greg and I'd got with Justin and matt and oscar 
and Shattercast was born, and Skullface Reviews was born at the beginning of the year, five years ago. So it was almost immediately after. Almost so, immediately. So by then, all right, so from being on that show, was it like kind of like catching that bug in a way? It's something that you discovered that you kind of liked? It was that, Oh, yeah, for sure. Know? And we stole a lot of the shit. I'll be honest. Like, you know, like um, they used to talk about the toys they got that week at the end of the show. We still wanted to do that. We just moved it to the beginning of the show, you okay. know. Like, um, they talked about Hasbro news and third party news. We talked about third party news and Hasbro news. Yeah. And um, just recently, Shadowcast has made the decision to kind of eighty six a lot of the Hasbro news. But um, oof, how's the Lux feel about that? So he's okay with it. But here's what we decided to do: is just we'll, we'll follow the big rollouts. So. Yeah. Anything after SDCC, NYCC, Hascon, if that should ever happen again, et cetera. Mm -hmm. That shit we're going to follow. Takara Masterpiece will follow. But we're just not going to follow every little repaint that's a fucking one spinoff and some fucking rinky-dink show. It's so, mm -hmm. you know, like, we're not going to do that. Like, it's, mm -hmm. nobody gives a fuck except for Deluxe. Everybody says, who gives a fuck? Deluxe says, I do. And then we move on to the next thing. Like, yeah. it's just, it was yeah. just time for Shadowcast to kind of tighten up. Yeah. Um, so we just had a discussion about that recently and we're making those changes, but, um, we learned a lot like, cause deluxe was kind of deluxe, Greg, Oscar, T2R6, they were all affiliated to different degrees with GMC. And that's where I met those guys. And that's where it all kind of spawned from was that, that point. And I had reached out to a lot of folks throughout that process uh, from different avenues and hadn't gotten much feedback. Mm -hmm. um, which is why when I started this, there was two things I did. There was, I, I said, we're like, we're going to reply to everybody. Mm -hmm. We're going to fucking respond to everybody. That was one thing. And the other thing was, um, we're going to talk to people when we see them. And we're going to stand for inclusivity and not exclusivity which has been a big thing with me from the beginning mm -hmm. is that I never wanted to make it seem like people weren't welcome. I wanted to make it seem like, you know, statue of Liberty, give me your mm -hmm. week, you're tired, you're hungry. You're uh, like, we'll mm -hmm. take you, you know, is, is that, um, something of a knock on, what was it? Radio free Cybertron? What was it called? Um, is yeah, that like a knock on them a little no, bit? Like they were a little bit. Cybertron. It was good yeah. morning, Cybertron. Good morning. No, it, no, it wasn't a knock on them because they actually they took me. You know, they were the only ones that took me. But I yeah. reached out to a lot of folks around that time, and nobody had time of day for me. I mean, I reached out to a, like, dude, like I reached out to a lot of people early on, and didn't hear anything. And then last year, two years ago, I start hearing back from a lot of people, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, okay. Now, yeah, I yeah. now he, I get you. Now later, I get you. but now we can't do what we could have done five mm -hmm. years ago. Yep. Now we can't. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't make sense now. It made sense then. It doesn't make sense now. That's embarrassing. Like, 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 why would you even try to like reach out? That just seems so correct. Like, ugh. Like, don't correct. even bother. So that's interesting. So all that spun out pretty quick. What made you, you said you started uh, doing the toy reviews around the same time you started Shattercast? Correct. Where did that come from and the idea to start doing that? Uh, a lot of people were actually writing into GMC telling telling them. And I was looking through the comments. I started, I started kind of being a student of it early because I didn't understand the internet at all at that mm -hmm. point. You know, so I would 
follow everything. I was like, I'm on his show. I can't believe I'm on a show. Let me look at the comments and see. And like people would be like, this dude, Bobby, somebody get this dude, Bobby, a channel, like give Bobby a channel. you know, like mm-hmm. all this, like I want to watch Bobby reviews. I like, and I was like, fuck people want this. And I said it casually to my wife, but I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to bring sand to the beach. It seemed like every fucking body had a fucking YouTube channel reviewing toys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I didn't want to just add another layer onto that. Um, so my wife came home and she bought me a camera for Christmas and then two pieces of foam core. And we set it up on my dining room table. That's where my review station was yeah. on my fucking dining room table where people eat. <laughs> and humble, um, humble beginnings. Correct. Yep. And she was like, you got to do it. So I, I tried it and I liked it. I liked the editing process a lot more, which I st- still do to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, time consuming fucking like, it, edge, is, but... like it all depends, man. Like, so it is time consuming. It's all time consuming, mm-hmm. but like the music video stuff is my favorite stuff I do during the year. Editing wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I love taking a four dummies episode. That's like an out, like this one that's coming in next no, the one that hit today, the one that hit today mm-hmm. was an hour and 15 minutes long. <laughs> I thought it was a 15 minute format. Show. And I cut it down to 12 minutes. Wow. I cut it down to 12 <laughs> minutes. Like that's, I get reward from that. But when I start with that, like, cause most of them are like half hour tops. Yeah. You know? And then I cut them down to 12 minutes. And I'm like, dude, you cut it in half. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, this one episode you know, because Robert, it's, Robert's on it. So anything that Robert's involved with, it can go, yeah. it, it gets out of here. So this one episode that we did, the, the the wish list episode, it got, it went so far out of control that like when I, when I imported the audio into my video editing thing, mm-hmm. I, the first thing I look at is the um, in, in mark. And it gives you a timestamp. And I was like, an hour and 12 or hour and 15 minutes. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) And then I went through when I cut and I I got like a 45 minute cut. And I went through and I cut again. I got a half hour cut. I went through and I cut again. And like, before you know it, you, you take this thing and you turn it into this other thing by taking just the bare essentials. And like that, that element of it, I really enjoy doing, Mm -hmm. um, like the getting the pictures to move and all that shit, I find mm-hmm. very tedious. I wish I could get somebody else to do that for okay. me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like just getting the audio to where I want it to tell a certain story within mm-hmm. a certain time. Like I love that mm-hmm. shit. And it's the same thing with sit down Saturday. So every sit down Saturday is like 30, 40 minutes long. Every video is like 10 to 12, mm-hmm. 15 maybe, you know? So it's the same thing. It's like, it's like finding what counts and what matters and putting things in a hierarchy of importance and eliminating the bullshit to get the, the point across in the least amount of time. Cause people like, I see it. I look at my analytics mm-hmm. and I'm like, people the average, my average video length is six to seven minutes. My average video length is 10 to 15 minutes. So people are only watching half. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so, Skipping the way through. Are you able to notice like what parts of the video they're watching so you know mm-hmm. more or less what they're what's mm-hmm. interesting? All right, so that's good. I'm watching them. That's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm watching them. That's that's you good. Because at least you know you don't have to guess what, what content 
you know what's the content that's drawing people in yes know? exactly and it's more so as a tool so i'm like okay like one thing that i found interesting was that the like the majority of people that watch my reviews i you you, you watch this like uh you know it starts out everybody's watching and the intro comes in a lot of people dip out mm-hmm. and then they come back in for the whatever the accessories they dip out and they come back in the one of my peaks is size comparisons. Mm-hmm. I would well, figure. You know, it's very interesting. And like, I skip a lot to that. A lot, a lot of videos I watch yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so, cool. like, so, like, now I put a lot more emphasis on size comparisons. And another thing, like, um, you know, recently I, I, like, I had to start a new thing because with the discussion videos, right? With a review, like a, a normal review, it takes me about two to three hours. Mm-hmm. No problem. We'll chalk it up to whatever. I'll do the video. I'll put it up. Watch it. Don't watch it. I'm cool. But like the sit down Saturdays, the four dummies, the is it, like that shit takes like five to eight hours per video. Mm-hmm. Like all of those pictures, finding mm-hmm. all those pictures, getting them all to move, finding the videos, making sure that they're copyright free, putting mm-hmm. them in, all that shit takes time, effort, energy. And so my new rule is if if it takes me more than five hours, I'm putting an extra ad in. You're paying mm-hmm. for the five hours. Mm-hmm. Um, That's another it, thing I was going to say, too, because, yeah, I, you, I don't notice a lot, you know, really like any kind of like ad stamps on like a lot of your videos. But there's other videos I'll see that are like half an hour and there's fucking four of them. In there, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I'll only throw in one extra one. Mm-hmm. One extra one, I still hear shit about it. Yeah. You know, like oh, I guess oh, you're all I guess you're all about the money now. Like, I, was, dude, I was I was about to ask that if that's anything that you kind of get blowback for. Of course, yeah. of course, it's a very small percent. But I'm like, look, man, it took me five hours. Like, you can't take let's say let's say most of my ads are skippable, right? But let's say that you take five seconds out of your day for the first ad and five seconds out of your day for the second ad. So you take ten seconds out of your day. It took me five hours. Yeah, yeah. You know, come give me a fucking break. break. Mm-hmm. You know, so <clears throat> so that's my my new rule. If it took me more than five hours, you're getting two ads. <laughs> um, that's still what, a fucking bargain, man. Like nobody could fucking complain. Correct. You know, and, and like it's just it's inconvenience, right? But yeah. for me, it's revenue, so mm-hmm. it, it's time compensation. So you know, if I do like a Hydra, Hydra took six hours. Mm-hmm. So, if I might, I'm like, I might put like, okay, well, you're getting it during the fucking size comparisons. That's where you're getting your fucking. I don't even know if that's where I put it because I fe- I end up feeling guilty because I'm not good. I'm not good at business. You know, I'm not good at business. Like, you have been as of today which is over there i don't know if you, you probably can't see it but he's in my, you're the one of the only transformers i have in my detolf mm-hmm. um far more supportive than i would ever requ- ask anyone to be but anytime i've done anything you've come up and been like hey man let me get this let me get that let me get this and i start i start feeling guilty and uncomfortable like Look, and, you're and, and you're always gonna be hey like that's you know that's that's on you know that's on me like you yeah, know what I'm saying? and and yeah. dude i was what i was gonna bring it up like you're very generous you know what i'm saying you, you're very generous and that's something a topic um that i want to get into a little bit deeper mm-hmm. um 
you know what I'm saying? Because I, I know you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the generosity of opening your home, you know, to your friends and the people that you love and trust. Um, these videos basically ad free. Um, Shattercast, everything that you do as far as like part of the community. And 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 it's like you're, whatever you're trying to sell or sh or maybe some people might say shill or whatever, like mm -hmm. it's nothing compared to what I've seen like others do. And and they're not even half as generous, like, you know what I'm saying? And I, um, I've and, never wanted to have my hand out, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I could understand that. I'm that type of person as well, where it's just like I... <laughs> Like I almost like I feel bad like to charge somebody something like right. even if I'm selling it like right almost, me you know, too it, it could be a it could be the greatest price right and and, and I could still be like hey I'll drop another five dollars yeah whatever, you know like and, and people will come up to me and be like look man let me just you know let me just do this you know yeah. like let me just I, look I don't want anything I just want to donate twenty dollars to your channel yeah mm -hmm. you know and I'll be, I'll take the twenty dollars. And I'll be like, I will take this $20 if you give me your two favorite Transformers or whatever. And they'll be like, Optimus and, you know, they'll give me two obvious ones. I have a lot of artwork, so I have most of the shit covered. <clears throat> so it'll say Optimus and Soundwave. Cool. And I'll, I'll get an Optimus print and a Soundwave print. And I'll bag it up and I'll give it to them. And they'll be like, I don't want this. And I'll be like, I don't care. Either you take this or I'm not taking this 20 like, I never wanted to be the guy that took money and didn't offer something. Exactly. You know, and, and I, I don't want to put anybody's name necessarily in the dirt, but when I started, there was a lot of criticism about other hotshot reviewers out there that were had their hand out. Send me to this because I deserve it. Give me this because I deserve it. And I never wanted to do that. It's like, yeah. look, if you want to support what I'm doing, I will, first of all, I will never ask for support. If you want to support, you're going to have to take this in return. Yep. Nobody gets anything for nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, I mean, that was instilled in me. My father was born in 1940. This is a post-depression generation. Like I was raised different. Yeah. My dad was tough as well. He's from that era. Uh, you know just that uh like a no nonsense like in a way uh and yeah he instilled like those values in me like from young too you know like and and it's funny it's interesting you bring that up because I, I did want to talk about it's like like i said i know you you're very generous your level of character is very high you know what i'm saying i hold you in very high regard i try um, to be the person my kids think i am and it's interesting because you've told stories on the podcast in the past through Nerd Rage and Shattercast, um, you know, a little bit about your upbringing with your mom, your dad, you know, your dad being, you know, tough, a little bit hard nosed. I know your mom, you and your mom didn't have like the greatest relationship, you know, Correct. probably wasn't the greatest mother growing up. Correct. Um, how did you find a way to kind of rise above those circumstances? Because every it's usually said that people are a product of their environment. Like I grew up here in the Bronx hood, you know what I'm saying? Correct. Lots of shit going on out there. I could have just been another did on the fucking corner. You I know, spent some to time on Fordham road. That's yep. about as much as I know about the Bronx. <laughs> so, you know, you know, you know, Fordham <laughs> ain't the greatest area fucking yeah. out here, but there's you know? a lot of chops. Yep. Um, I think I had the perfect balance. Um, my dad was strict 
but fair and stern. A lot of times when I talk to my dad, people think they get this impression that he's like this, you know, wake up and make your bed and, you know, make sure it's military tight. My dad wasn't that, but he was like, I can't just leave my shit anywhere. Mm-hmm. He worked hard. He spent money on that shit and I got to treat it accordingly. So I think that's why I take, I still to this day, take care of my shit. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom was a drunk and was a party animal and I'm much more like my mom, like naturally, like my mom and I are fucking thickest thieves in terms of our personality. Yeah. I like to be the, the life of the party. Like I want to come in and make other people happy. Like I want to like, let's, let's all right, turn it up to 11 immediately. Like, that's my mom. Same thing. My dad doesn't want to go to the party. He wants to be in the opposite hotel. Mm-hmm. So I had my mom who was a, you know, and she wasn't responsible. I had my dad who was hyper responsible. Mm-hmm. And then my dad's mom, my grandma was like the nurturing center of, of my upbringing. So can I, can I ask when they split? Like, like how long did you have uh, them together? I think it was 83. Remember? I think I was two years old. Oh, so it was early. So you were yeah. a baby, baby. Yeah, they didn't work. They didn't work out very early. Yeah. It was I, obvious. I I could have told them it wasn't yeah. going to work. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> they're that very age. different. Yeah, they're very different people. Um, and I saw my mom on the weekends, and uh, it was hell. And my dad during the weekdays, and my dad, um. Uh, was away a lot at work and my grandma came in and would hold like be a babysitter basically, mm-hmm. you know, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. uh, during those periods when my dad was at work or what have you. So, um, was she a more like in line with your dad and how your dad was like, in no, reason? no, dude, my grandma, like she passed in Oh seven and mine in Oh six. Wow. <laughs> dude, like, huh? I say this to people all the time, but like, if you've never been the center of someone's universe, um, I highly suggest you try it. It's unparalleled. It's my grandmother loved. I was her only grandchild. Um, like I have a picture, I mean, in my basement, when you go down, I have a picture that it's a frame. She wrote this letter before she died to give to me because she knew how hard it was going to be on me because of how tight we were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, don't grieve. Like you gave me more enjoyment than I could ever imagine. Like, wow. you, know, you know, like all this kind of stuff. And like, mm-hmm. I have it framed in my basement and it's, it's the last kind of like touch I have of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I wasn't right, dude. I wasn't right for years. I, I, I fucking, uh, I couldn't sleep. You know, I'd wake up at two o'clock in the morning, go clean the house, clean the bathrooms, whatever, go back upstairs, try to go to sleep. Like I, I didn't sleep for a decade. Easy. And my, my, my wife asked me to go to therapy for it. Like uh-huh. I wasn't right. Like she was, uh, it was the person who told me what love was. You know, my dad told me what responsibility was and what being a man was and you know, all those sorts of things. But like, my dad wasn't going to hug me. Like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he had shit to do, you know, like no. that's not the point. 
like you know my dad was a i'm not your girlfriend i'm your father like i'm not gonna hug you i'm not gonna hold your hand i'm not gonna you know i'm here to teach you how to survive okay and i think i use those tools you know um my mother was a train wreck and then my grandmother was i think what most people's mothers are you know um when I, I, my, my wife asked me to go to therapy, like I said, and when I was in therapy, the therapist said, like, you know, when you're going through teenage years or whatever, like you veer off, you know, to separate yourself from your parents. And it's important for you. It's where you build your identity. It's where you separate yourself. It's where you learn that you can be independent. It's all of these things, which is valuable. Uh, but where my i kind of veered off from my dad my grandma just kind of went with me so mm-hmm. psychologically you know a three-year-old lost his mom you know we're physically a 26 year old lost his grandmother you know so mm-hmm. like it, the impact was different you know yeah um and yeah she was i mean like you know she never got to meet any of my kids like you know, it's a bummer, dude. Yeah. You know, yeah. like shit like that, like keeps you up at night, you know? Yeah. Um, and like, you know, like you, you start, I always find, like, I always try to give because when I listen to interviews, I like when it gets the most personal, right? Mm-hmm. My grandmother would have, if I took you to, if I took you, right? My grandmother, let's say she's never heard of you. She's never, whatever. I show up Sunday morning at her house. I visited my grandmother every weekend, even when I was an adult, moved into my own house. Every weekend I was at her house. Every fucking weekend. Yeah. And we had breakfast together. Um, And I would take you. I would take you into her house and I would be like, Grandma, this is Jose, Jose, Grandma. And if you called her, you know, Miss Mary, which was her name, she's going to look at you different. You know? But if you call her Grandma, she's going to treat you like a grandson like yeah. that was her style um so i would take you in and, and you would you would feel that kind of warmth you know mm-hmm. that's what she offered to everybody any stray dog off the street she would offer the same love as you know if if they came from me you know like if i brought them and i don't know man there's that's you hard. still you hard. still feel like you don't do enough. You know, I mm-hmm. visited her every weekend. You still feel like you could have gone twice a week. You could have mm-hmm. gone. There's no reason why I couldn't have gone twice a week. I could have gone. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she had a stroke. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she was washing dishes because she was a worker. My whole family's workers. My mom, even mm-hmm. as trash as she is, and my dad, my grandma. There, I come from a family of working people, mm-hmm. and she had a stroke and she like all that generosity that she would give you right Mm -hmm. she fell into like she fell and there was like a trash can next to her so she fell into the trash can like oh my god that's the type of shit that that would keep me up at night like like there's no fucking god Mm -hmm. because if there was a god they wouldn't let this woman fall you know what i mean that this wouldn't happen happen. correct Mm -hmm. correct so like that that's the type of shit that would fuck me way up mm-hmm. you know and like it's not like if you tell me like i tell that it's like like dude like legs sticking up out of the like you know nothing yeah. crazy uh, but like she's yeah. falling the whole thing collapses and you know the paramedics come or whatever and but you know it's just that 
didn't seem like the karma of the universe working out properly. Mm-hmm. You know, that seemed like it's another, all chance. Another, yeah, another lesson in life fucking not being fair. Correct. Yep. And I went and saw her in the hospital and like her last words before she was out of here, you know, in terms of mentally, mm-hmm. you know, was she held my hand and she said, my grandson, my baby. And wow. That was it. And that was it. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. You know, so I carried that for a long, I'm still carrying it, mm-hmm. you know, but that was, uh, that was the only, my dad was like tough love and yeah. life love, you know, but my grandmother was probably the only real love, real love. you know, until I met my wife. Now my wife gives me, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I married, you know, you say, they say you marry a woman like your mother, you know. Or a you know a, a man like your father if you were well you know whatever, so I see a lot of of that in my my wife like very mm-hmm. caring nurturing like humoring mm-hmm. you know giving mm-hmm. you know my whole basement is mine yeah you know like we could put a fucking slide and a fucking you know whatever the kids kitchen set or whatever down there mm-hmm. she's like no nah, you fucking had you had that. Mm-hmm. And even and even to uh, what you said earlier, I was gonna um, up, like bring an appreciation to it um, when you said she got you the camera and she pushed yeah. you to do the reviews and stuff For, like that. That's that's a partner, you know, dude. That's, everything, everything. Uh, like my uh, my wife believed in me when no one else, you know, aside from my wife and my grandmother, were two people that believed in me when no one else. Did. The whole world didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, my mopping gig, I wouldn't have without my wife. You know, all of it. Like, she was right there. My wife is, you know, she's almost like my grandmother incarnate. Like, it's it's very Freudian. Mm-hmm. It's very Freudian. Because, you know, almost to a fault, maybe some would say, because of how giving and nurturing she can be when maybe sometimes what I need is to be thrown out on the street every once in a while, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but she can't do that. No, no, that. no. She can't say no to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a charm. It's a, it's a yeah. Am I remembering correctly? I think I remember you saying one time, like maybe I just as you're growing up and stuff, maybe it looked like you might be veering to the wrong side of the road. Like are you is can you credit Laura as far as like keeping you on that straight and narrow? Uh, so I can't yep. really credit her for that. Um There was a point I was involved in party promotions and club promotions and um, things of that nature. And that led me, and I was already like in my teenage years, I had the right ingredients in me for disaster. Mm -hmm. Um, And I used those tools to make me a very shrewd and savvy uh, businessman in the sense of the club stuff. Because, mm-hmm. like, that's the thing is, like, I can be really good in that avenue. Like, when I have dealt with, like, when I have had conversations with BBTS or I've had conversations with this one and that one, I can be sh- all my business shit. Mm-hmm. It's when I'm dealing with 
Joe Schmuckatelli from Kentucky that mm-hmm. wants to fucking, you know, that's where I'm trash. I'm like, you know what? Just take it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're doing and, uh, party promotions and stuff, promoting clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I was, it's, it's, this is, this gets, my girl did long, the same thing. She did the same thing back in the day. She knows about that life. She yeah. Like, it's about it too. Like in, in, in Baltimore, man, it's a, it's an interesting city because it's a very dangerous city. And especially at the time that I was doing stuff in it. And it's, um, I feel like I, I use New York often as a reference um, because I feel like New York, Baltimore, and North Carolina, like those are the three places that are always somehow interconnected. Like everyone from Baltimore that I know has family in New York or in North Carolina. And then I find the same thing in North Carolina and I find the same thing in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to explain, dude, but it's like, you know how like New York has like it's bad places. Mm-hmm. Baltimore has its good places. And that's what sets Baltimore apart. It's like, no, 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 you're fine as long as you go here, here, mm-hmm. or here. Mm-hmm. You know, where I feel like a lot of cities are like, no, 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 it's fine as long as you don't go here, here, yeah. or here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, one of the things, like, I love music, and I'm a 80s baby. I grew up on hip-hop. I grew up on rock. I grew up on industrial. I grew up on everything that was cutting edge for that era, punk. Um, and one thing that Baltimore lacked was a strong hip-hop scene. And Baltimore and D.C. are so close to one another, and they both had their own cultures that are very different. But... DC had a little bit of it and Baltimore did not. Mm-hmm. So there was one spot called, I think it was called the five seasons that offered an open mic night on Monday night <laughs> at like nine o'clock. And it was the only time they allowed local artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we wanted to expand that. So we opened up venues left and right and, you know, did benefits and did all this stuff in order to kind of get the city pumping, you know, and, Eventually, I mean, from the time we started to the time we stopped, we had probably 20 venues open where when we started, there was one, you know, and I was always good to the folks in that system. And, you know, I would look for if we opened up a venue on X Street, you know, I would look for people on X Street, like door to door. Hey, do you want to work a show? We're opening a show on your fucking block. Mm. So it would be rude for me not to invite you to the show to work the show to get a little money out of it. And, you know, I would do those sorts of things so that, and then I was not, um, you know, New York, for for instance, and I'm only using it because you're a New Yorker, but there's Hispanic neighborhoods and Irish neighborhoods and Italian neighborhoods and Russian neighborhoods and black neighborhoods and, you know, whatever. In Baltimore City is not that way. Mm. There's uh, at that time there was black neighborhoods, and then there was like South Baltimore, which is called Pig Town, which is where all the white people live, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> um, Pig Town. <laughs> 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 I missed, it, that's what it's called. I, like, um, and like I went to uh, you know, I would go to these neighborhoods. I'd be the only white guy that some of these people have seen in years. You know, and I would say, look, we're doing a show in your neighborhood. You know, it's only right. You know, 
without going too much in depth, like I earned a credibility with a lot of neighborhoods very quickly because of my straightforward approach and because of my willingness to give back. And I took those lessons with me everywhere. Um, eventually that, cause it started getting big, like I'm, on a local level, it's, it's relative, right? Like I wasn't fucking walking around in mink coats or any fucking thing, mm-hmm. but like, you know, when you start, when it's your town and you know, Baltimore city, you can drive from one side to the other side in 20 minutes, you know, with no traffic, no problem. But, um, when you, when that is the hub of the area and you walk in and people are announcing your name on a DJ booth and you feel a way, yeah. you know, yeah. like you feel like something special mm-hmm. and you start feeling like you're invincible, you know, and uh, it only took one run in with a pretty serious situation where I realized I was definitely 100% not invincible. Mm-hmm. And there were legal ramifications uh, of that that lasted over a year, jury trials. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm not a criminal. I've, I'm not a criminal type of guy. I, like, I've never stolen anything. I've never, like, I'm not that guy. But I'm also not a very, I'm not a super judgmental person either when it comes to people. Mm-hmm. When it comes to things, <laughs> I can be super judgmental. But when it comes to people, I'm not. So, you know, I have no problem with you getting in my car, with you getting, you know, in my home, you know, like I'm, I'm not that, I'm not wired that way to be, you know, uh, maybe as judgmental as I should be. Um, and I ended up in a tough spot, you know, trials, juries, the whole bit, you know, potential serious consequences of not really my actions, but the disregard for what my inaction uh, could have been. Mm-hmm. And um, I chose, I made certain choices uh, that definitely 100% secured my reputation. <laughs> like, uh, cause I didn't rat anybody, you know, I didn't, I didn't put anybody, I, di- I took responsibility for my actions and that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it saved some other people. It put me in harm's way, but it all ended up uh, on the up and up. And I fucking I made it out, and everybody that it was associated made it out, and everybody walked free. And I wasn't married to my wife at the time, but mm-hmm. I, I had bank accounts in her name because I was making money. You know, mm-hmm. I was working at a uh, you know and at a loading dock, and I was also club promoting and stuff like that. I was making money and I was putting it aside and it wasn't tons of money, but mm. you know, for a 23 mm. year old kid, $5,000 is mm. crazy. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd have like a couple little bank accounts. I put them all in my, my wife's name. She wasn't my wife at the time. So mm-hmm. that if I, if something did go way left, she would have access to it. And luckily like by the grace of God or whatever, like, the heart I feel like came through like I, I, everything, even in the circumstance that got us in a pickle, my intentions were always for everyone to be okay, for no one to be hurt. And for the people that I was with to stay out of harm's way. Mm -hmm. And I made certain decisions 
that I maybe shouldn't have even been involved with in the first place, but I made certain decisions to protect my friends and also protect people that weren't my friends from being in harm's way. And I, th- I feel like, you know, like the, that expression, like the cream rises to the top. Yeah. Like sometimes I feel like the good also does the same. And as a result, everybody walked away, yeah. you know, with just a kind of a stern reminder that you're not invincible. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I made serious changes to my lifestyle to make mm-hmm. sure I would never be back in that position again. Mm-hmm. And knock on wood, I'm, I'm still, you're still, still, you're still, still here. here. Yeah. Still here. <laughs> 23 years old at the time. So yeah, I was, I was 22. Ahead. I was 22 when it started. I was 23 when it ended. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, you talk about, you know, nights of not being able to sleep and anxiety and, mm-hmm. Lawyers and money uh, and Jesus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. you know, which is uh, that that whole story in depth is a story for another day, yeah, but, but off the air, correct, the air. correct. <laughs> but but it, it, and, you know, no one got hurt, you know, no real crime, you know, and and was committed, and um, it was I was never charged with anything. Uh, a buddy of mine was he was facing a significant amount of time. And uh, some of that was because of my involvement, which was mainly for peacekeeping. But I spoke up. I didn't sell anybody down the river. I just said my involvement took responsibility for my actions, saved my friend. Everybody walked away. Mm-hmm. You know, and the truth did kind of prevail, yeah. you know, in a roundabout way. But learning experience, you yeah. know, and at the time it was nothing for me. Like if you got in my car, like whatever, dude, jump in. Now I'm like, yeah, no, let's, let's go real quick. Before we go though, I'm going to have to pat you down. If you wouldn't mind putting your hands on my car and I'm just going to make sure that we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a lot to lose now. I didn't, I, I didn't feel like I had a lot to lose at the moment, but then I was reminded that I, I actually you I did. did have a lot to lose. Yeah. You did. Yeah. yeah. And you're not, you're never thinking about that at that age, you know, you're, you're living in the moment, even, even now to an extent, but we're nowhere near doing the wild, crazy shit we were doing then. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's just a part of, I would um, smoke the shit out of my 23 year old. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Like, it's true. Like how the parents, you know, I always remember my mom just saying like, do this or do that. Listen, I've been through it. You know what I'm saying? Just take my advice. But you know, you always just gotta, you never, you'll listen or you'll hear them. But yeah. you, you're always going to fucking do shit your own way and, and experience something for yourself, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but then we get to the point we are now and we're like, man, we should have fucking listened. Like, like yeah. if, if only you could give your younger self that advice. You know? Yeah, that's why I value. Um, I value loyalty, you know, a lot. Like my mother left me, you know, like disloyal. Uh, I I wasn't married. I put bank accounts in my wife's name. She didn't leave. Loyalty, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, I, even in my professional work, loyalty is involved, and so I value that. I value it's a, it's, a, it's at a very high dollar that I value that, and and even myself, I was loyal to someone to a point where I was willing to put myself in serious jeopardy in order to help them, you know, and. I say to people like, you know, younger people, I'm like, you know, I've stood in front of juries. Mm -hmm. I know my, my loyalty has been proven 
you know, yours is in question, you know, mm-hmm. like you have to prove it. Like, uh, that's a loyalty and honor and, you know, integrity are virtues that y- y- it's easy to say you have them, but until you've been tested, you don't know, mm-hmm. you know, death before dishonor. It's like, it's an easy thing to get tattooed. it's funny because at at dinner earlier tonight we were we did we were talking about like adversity and just you won't know the measure of yourself as a man until you're put in certain situations you know um like like with what happened to josh and stuff like that i think that's the example yeah for Um, sure dude you know because like uh, dave was saying it he's like man like something like that and i and i said the same thing i was like you know if something like that and i've told josh that i'm like something like that happened to me i'd probably be like my fucking life is over you know what i'm saying and and that's why i credit him for being an inspiration and he says he says i don't see it everybody says it but i'm like dude who knows how anyone would react in a situation like that yeah it's it's being able to overcome those challenges and like i'm sure like there's no doubt in my mind like josh and his lady they 100 percent have had dark moments alone mm-hmm. the two of them discussing that situation there's no doubt in my mind yeah of course um and it's probably therapeutic and it's probably for the best but what he presents to the world is mm-hmm. this strength and this perseverance and ambition and it's inspiring you know so like it's these little actions that you take that you know maybe like obviously it's not a facade because he has to live it but there may be an element of a shield in front of him to protect any insecurity that might come from that sort of a loss right but what he doesn't realize is that that shield becomes an inspiration to so many people you know, like that's, that's real. I, I mean, I told him I, when I saw him at, at Chris's house, I was like, man, that's real. That's big boy shit. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the real deal. Yep. It's yeah. palpable, man. It's like, uh, like when our final parting words, you know, at CFCon and, uh, you know, he caught me as I'm waiting for the shuttle, thought we had a few minutes and it's like, oh shit, gotta go. And just, uh, in talking to him and just seeing him there that weekend and what he was doing. Cause he, said he did what you said he was going to do you know um and that, yeah. and that and through sheer force of will and uh and it's inspiring it's special and uh and just being able to be there in person with him to tell them that was something like that it was just like wow you know and just being in tears because i had to go you know, yeah. what I'm like, I mean, you know what's like, funny man is uh i just got reminded of this recently and it actually really drove it home for me but um as soon as I found out that happened, like I have, I have access to people because of whatever I do, right? As soon as I found out it happened, I got a hold of his wife and I got her on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know what happened and what could we do to help. And that was my initial, that was where my heart was, right? Mm-hmm. Just recently, um, a, uh, I gotta be careful too. <laughs> um, someone who was in our community, uh, intimately at some level, right? M- maybe more intimately to me than to someone else. Mm-hmm. I found out 
Well, no, I didn't find out, but I hadn't heard from. And this person is not on any shows, not on any, you know what I mean? He's just in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hadn't heard from him in a while and I reached out to him and I didn't get a response. This is December, I think 22nd. I reached out to him, mm-hmm. no response. So I sent him another message, no response. And I started panicking because you, like I have a connection to you through Dave also, right? So if something were to happen to you, I could hear it through Dave. But like, what about the guy I know that's in fucking Milwaukee right now, you know, Mm -hmm. that I have no connection to outside of him. Mm -hmm. And I started fucking freaking out low key. Like, I was like, what if this fucking dude died? Like, anything can happen to anybody. You could get in a car wreck on your way home, and it's over. It's Mm -hmm. over. That's it. It's a wrap. So I I called him, and I sent him. I left him a voicemail. I was like, look, just let me know you're okay. Like, Mm -hmm. what's going on? You know, if you're going through, if you're going through, if you're fighting a demon or whatever, I, I get it more than anyone else. I get it. But just let me know you're okay, and you'll get back to me. But um, it's interesting, man. That I think from a lot of people from the outside that 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 aren't necessarily part of this community that could be part of this community if they just said they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it all seems like great, you know, and it is great. But there's tons of little bullshit that comes up, and mm-hmm. you deal with it appropriately. But at the same time, um, there's this new thing that I'm now dealing with where it's like, man, like the people that I know in these little pockets of the world that aren't directly connected to other people, how would I know if something went wrong? You know, and how many texts do you send, you know, before you realize you're not getting a text back? And what does that mean? Are they, did I upset them? Are they dead? Mm-hmm. Are they a vegetable? Mm-hmm. Are they, you know, like what happened? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting dilemma and like disposition to find yourself in you know because this dude that i'm speaking of had he not he ended up writing me it's like i'm okay mm-hmm. i'll call you you know whatever and he's going through some family shit whatever mm-hmm. i get it um but had he not had he just said i'm out and not i would never know mm-hmm. and the rest of my life i'd be worrying about man i wonder if x is okay mm-hmm. you know that's something we don't think about, but like, it's almost like, man, like anybody that I really connect with now, I'm like, man, I want your girl's number. I want your mom's (laughs) Just, just so I know you're okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because like, if you, there are a lot of people that feel very alone in this community, which I understand. And if they do feel that way, it's probably based on something, right? Mm-hmm. So, if something were to happen, how does anybody know? And if you don't have anybody, you know, I'll be the guy. Mm-hmm. I'll show up. I'll be at your, if if I can show up, I'll be I'll be the one at your funeral. Like if if you only have one person there, mm-hmm. and I can be that one person, I'll be it. But how will I even know? Mm-hmm. 
you know, I don't know. It's something I don't think that we think about because I think a lot of us take it for granted. Like I'm, I'm here. If something happens to me, you're going to hear about it from Adam. You're going to hear about it from mm-hmm. Joe. You're going to hear about it from Chris. You're going to, you know, mm-hmm. and vice versa for all those guys. But what about yeah. the guys that are in little singular pockets? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scary, man. We're getting, we're not getting any younger. That's true. That's true. And it's just, we take, we do kind of take it for granted somewhat because of everybody's somewhat level of activity on social media. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I know you're not much of a Facebook guy, um, but I see you posting videos, you know, every couple of days, um, you know what I'm saying? So I know you're out and about and, you know, besides the other chats and whatever, and we occasionally hit each other up, you know, but, but, you know, I have a level of activity online where you could easily see, yeah, I'm there. Same with you. I see you posting the promotions on Instagram uh, for your YouTube video. So I'm like, okay, everything is all business as usual, but it is true that because of that, there is a, a lack to kind of reach out on an individual level. And I'm as guilty as that as anybody, you know, sure, me too. Um, and, and I don't hold it against anybody. Like I, and that's another thing I was kind of talking about with the guys at dinner, um, where, you know, I'm that type of personality. I'm that type of person where, you know, me and you, for an example, you know, we could talk every day, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, three, four, five, six months could go by and we could not speak. You know what I'm saying? I know you're okay. You know, I could see yep. you online, stuff like that. And I know you're okay, but we're not speaking one-on-one. And yep. then you hit me up or I hit you up and we speak. There's, an, I don't hold any ill will or animosity. I'll be Correct. speaking to you like if we just spoke yesterday. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Um, some people are not like that. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and, but- and, and some people are just not as active as some other people like myself or other people can tend to be. So yes. I, I hear what you're saying, man. Like if it, something happened to me, you could hit Laura up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you'd find out, you know, like if you're like, man, I haven't seen it, heard or no video, you know, no nothing. What's yeah. going on? You could hit her up and she could, he's good. He's, you know what I mean? He's busy. Yeah. Um, I, I, but if, if the same thing happened, vice versa, I'd have to hit Dave. Mm-hmm. If I don't get anything from Dave, I'm hitting uh, Dom. If I don't hear anything, hear anything from Dom, I'm hitting Ian. If I don't hear anything, like then I, I'm gonna run out of options, and I'm like, "Fuck!" Does anybody is anybody close that can drive by this dude's house? Mm-hmm. You know, like <clears throat> it's just a it's just a challenge uh, that I hadn't considered. Mm-hmm. It's it's what made me apparent because I started panicking. You know, because I was like, "Fuck!" If I don't hear, I let the voicemail. I don't ever like I don't <laughs> you know like I, like I called this dude and left a voicemail and if I didn't hear back what does that mean yeah that's and that's because of the the level of relationships that you have with like now some of us like here in the community like and where it, this thing has kind of gone and grown into you know but that's a rough one to that's a yeah. jagged pill to swallow man that's yeah. a you know and it's not even with this guy, there's guys that I could reach out to around that area. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, I know people from this shit, you know, from whatever. You know, Czechoslovakia. Well, like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like I crazy places where it's like, I talk to on a regular basis or somewhat regular basis. And then what happens when... I stopped seeing the little picture pop up down by the message I sent. Yeah. That's heavy. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm starting to get to a point where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just shaken up by this recent scenario, but I'm like, dude, like when you hit me up, like I need your wife's number. I need your dad's number. I need your mom. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know yeah, because um, like, uh, like there's a guy I always think about, man. Like he used to comment on every one of my videos. He used to comment on every Shattercast video and his YouTube name was like Mr. Cable 75. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard from him in years. And there's not a month that goes by where I'm like, man, I hope that dude's okay. No. I have no idea who he fucking is. I just haven't heard from him. Maybe he was just like, man, I'm done with this shit. I'm, yeah. you know, going to invest in these stocks. And you know, <laughs> that could very well be the case. But in my head, I'm like, man, I hope he's not dead in a fucking ditch somewhere. Yeah. Nobody fucking knows about, you know? Have you ever thought to reach out to him since you know the... You I've reached out to him a thousand times. And no response. No response. See, so that's fucking... So then Scary, I, right? I could hear what you, what you mean by that. Then yeah. That is trippy. You know, um, yeah. I have I haven't had that experience yet. Like, um, you know, because in this day and age, you just tend to hear like if something fucking terrible happens, you never want it to happen. But you do usually tend to hear about it Correct. Um, because of, you know, we're all hanging out in Correct. somewhat social circles online. So and I've talked to you guys about it. Like, I don't because a lot of us are up and down the East Coast and a lot of us get together more regularly than I feel like a lot of other guys do. Uh, even though it's not that much, I wish it was more, you mm-hmm. know, um, yeah, for sure. Uh, I do feel like we run the risk of excluding people because we get so tight and people feel like they can't come up and approach, you know, uh, like I, like I've talked to Chris about it at length, like at TFCon, like Friday night is usually realm night. And then in the past, not this last one but in the past saturday night has been the scu night and then we all go home mm-hmm. you know but what happens to that guy that came to the bar that's trying to meet people you know like yeah. what are we doing for that guy yeah. you know um i don't know that's a it's a it's a it's a challenge the bigger that something gets to allow it to continue to expand without starting to like draw boundaries and be like no we're good we mm-hmm. got we reached capacity here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Go make your own shit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. It is. It is. You got to. You have to kind of judge where you know when and where to um draw that line. You know, because despite uh even like the realm like group on Facebook, you know, two thousand plus members. Um, not all two thousand plus are active. You know, so you Correct. always you always have those that are just gonna be a little bit more willing to put their foot forward, and and then you just have those that like to lurk. Um, in general though, like I do hear what you're saying. Um, but I always feel like. You know, a lot of us, like when we have gotten together at these events, especially recently, you know, it's only grown like in these past couple of years. Um, and I hope it continues to do so. But when we do have the opportunity uh, to hook up at these things, um, it, it's been great. And I think everybody does kind of do a good job of being a very welcoming type of presence. I agree. To I, make, um to make it very easy for that person that might just see what's going on and we'll be like, Hey, yeah, come on, come on, come along. You know, like those two dudes that were, uh, at Caddy Shacks and they were wearing your true spirit. That's the dudes I was getting ready to bring up. Like, like, so that is like, my goal now is to always grab one, you know, and see where the chips may fall. But like, that was that those two dudes were like that was in, in my head i was like all right i grabbed two i threw them in the mix 
they're meeting people now they're shaking hands they're you know that like they're making their way in my contribution for the year not 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 that it's like a check off for me yeah. but it's like at least i brought somebody new some fresh blood yeah. to the to the group because a lot of this uh and when i say this i just mean generally but like it comes from when i started when i was drawing i didn't have shit to listen to it was just gmc which was a good show and may very well still be that's not an attack scott mm-hmm. don't come looking for me <laughs> um it may still still very well be but like there wasn't enough content to keep me entertained within the genre that i was kind of focused in so i was like i gotta create the shit that i want to hear and then SEU comes and then not to say that SEU is responsible for ETR, but then ETR comes and then this one comes and then that one comes. And then before you know it, now I have shows I got to delete at the end of the week because I just don't have time for it. And you know, (laughs) that's, that's a good problem to have. It's much better to have that problem than the opposite. You know, like that is, uh, not to say it's my contribution, but that, and the fact that it does seem inclusive that people are finding friendships and places where they feel comfortable and people are coming uh, to shows not having met anyone but mm-hmm. feeling comfortable with hanging out in a realm room or a whatever or a, you know a shattered cast party or what, whatever the case may be that is the most rewarding element of it all to me like for sure that's the we, reason why i travel and get on a fucking plane to go to these things like um i think we spoke about a little bit we didn't have a lot of time at tfcon we spoke for a few minutes yeah um but we kind of touched on that the, that community kind of like aspect and and we did kind of just touch on that like almost where do you draw the line um but it's been a great experience uh just kind of being in it like just hanging out tonight having yeah. some fucking thai food with fucking eric chris and Dave. right that would have never happened if it wasn't for this dude know? i made a post um five years ago and some change i made a post on tfw you can still for listeners you can still go find it you can search bobby Skullface, and all my posts will pop up and you will find this post and I post in, but when I, I didn't have a channel, I don't think I didn't have anything. And I posted in the meetups under the Maryland. And I was like, who wants to get together in Maryland? And I got all the responses I got, which were good and they were helpful, but they were not welcoming. They were just sort of matter of fact. They weren't negative, they weren't attacking me or anything, but they were just like, look very challenging it's very difficult there's you know people are going to argue over whose house to meet at there's you know it's just look it's we've tried it it just doesn't work that wasn't good enough for me that wasn't good enough i wanted to get together with people that love the same shit and now i got Skullfest in this fucking standing room only yep. yep that's what i wanted and i fucking made it happen and like that's the power of it you know what I mean? Like that's bigger than toys. Mm-hmm. Much bigger. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. It's not all about the toys. People like, flying in from other countries. You know, like that's Dude, crazy. That, that's a thing. That's a thing. 
that's the fucking thing, dude. I think I even, you know, when I was interviewing everybody at CFCon for this show, um, and I think that might be something I had a conversation with Dave. Like, it was just like, man, listen, or it might have been with Brink. I'm like, listen, I, in speaking to everybody, in speaking to everybody a couple of weeks after that, when we hooked up for ToyCon in New Jersey and we went back to Dust's place, uh, when I'm having these conversations with these people, especially at an event like that, you know, the realm getting a lot of love and, and I'm like, listen, it's not for it to all, to be all about this Kumbaya shit, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I'm not prompting anybody to give me the answers and to give me the responses that they're giving me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, you're here, you traveled here. What's going on? You're having a good time. Yes. What are you enjoying? Boom, boom, boom. And, and, and to get that feedback, that genuine feedback from a lot of these people, um for people traveling from other countries to come to hang out with people they've never met in person you know what i'm saying like that fucking means something yeah it's it's i don't know i feel like uh the people associated with the cool table have changed the landscape of what it means to be a fan of this shit and i don't necessarily feel like it is as appreciated um in the mainstream fandom as it should be, but it should be. I'll, I'll tell you like <clears throat> radio free Cybertron, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> First transformer podcast ever to exist. Mm-hmm. Great guys all across the board have nothing but love and respect for all of them. I had some bumpy roads with Kilby early on, Kilby and I have taught he's helped me more than a lot of other people have. You know, like he's been very cool. I, I got love for all those guys. But what the difference is, what and like it's not a criticism of them, it's just trying to explain the difference is that they did their thing and they created a show and the show is long lasting and should be respected. And I I respect it. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be on it, etc. Like I'm honored to be on it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they, I I see them at TFCon and it's them, you know, and they're strong. They got a strong team, a strong legacy, and they're unified and it looks good. And then I look over and I see the folks at the cool table, and you can't fit them in the room. Mm-hmm. that's the difference you know it's and it's not that they're exclusive Radio Free Cybertron it's just that they weren't they didn't see necessarily I think and I'm speaking for them I don't know if this is the case mm-hmm. they didn't see the need for opening up their arms to say look I know that you work a nine to five with people that are talking about who won, who's going to be in the playoffs and you know, who is going to make it out of maiden or mad men. Mm-hmm. And you're dying to have someone to talk to about this shit, but we did. And we basically said, as you, as long as you don't act like a complete fucking dickhead, <laughs> you're welcome to sit here with us, yep. you know? And like, that's fucking that's a game changer. And I don't feel like not that it needs to be appreciated mm-hmm. because the beauty of it is that it seems so natural. It's like a soundtrack. 
you know, like a lot of like soundtrack composers will say the greatest compliment I ever receive is that they didn't notice the music, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of the same thing. So it's not that they need to appreciate it, but it's just that it kind of is almost like I see shows now, like the TFCon last year, that's almost expected, you know, like mm-hmm. that's fucking, to me, that's yeah. awesome. Like that wasn't the landscape five years ago. Nah. It wasn't. And you know, I, wasn't, I, I wasn't going to those early shows either. I've only been to like these last two or three <clears> right now. So it's, and it's only been what we've been doing as it keeps growing like each year, yeah. each year, you know? And so, like, yeah. I, I smile at it, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I like, because it makes me feel good that people feel like, no, you come to TFCon to meet friends. Yep. I can tell you when I started going to TFCon, that was not what people were thinking. They were coming to buy toys. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Uh, I didn't come for that. At all. I packed the carry on, you know, so I could bring some clothes. I wasn't bringing, you know, I know people pack suitcases to bring stuff back. That was not my intention at all. It was yeah. just come hang out and to chill with my boys, you know. And by all means, get your toys. You know, by all means, yeah. like, yeah. of course. But um, it was, I'm telling you, it was that Charlotte year. That was the year where it just started changing. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, like, it's been different. And it's just beginning stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's been uh, rewarding for me to sit back and watch people come up. I can see people introduce themselves, people giving handshakes, hugs, first time ever meeting somebody, et cetera. Like, it's, mm. I don't know. That's, that's, what I, that's what I wanted when I found all of it, is that environment. To, so to see that environment exists mm-hmm. under any banner it's i don't give a fuck as long mm-hmm. as it's there you know is that something you could have seen five years ago fuck no thing fuck says? no like where it, would you see all this five it years was fucking a bunch of good old boys <laughs> like i don't mean good old boys but i mean um like a like a good old boy club yeah you, you know like you were part of this crew you know and you were welcoming that crew and if you were an outsider you were an outsider or uh, you were a loner, you know, and now it's like, uh, it's different. The expectations are different and that's a good thing. You know, like people should go to these shows and expect to meet people and friends and mm-hmm. they should, that should be the expectation. Mm-hmm. That's not, uh, special. That should be the norm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I say special just because of, of, like it's like almost just being sentimental in a way, man. Like you know, what I'm saying that that's almost like the way I am, wearing like my heart on my sleeve. Like I'm just like it's a fucking special thing that people want to come from all over the world just to come and hang out, and that's yeah. what it is. I mean, Dave said it the very first day for this last TFCon. Like we got there Thursday, um, and pretty much like the first thing we did, we all got there when we hooked up. We fucking went bowling. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and after that experience alone, Dave was like, I could go home right now and I'm like happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. we did this, you know? Like, yeah. And I, I, that same feeling is what I felt in Charlotte. Like, uh, that was the first time I felt it. it. Was It was a Friday night and everybody was hanging out outside. Yule was there. Yule flew in. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of Friday night, there was a bunch of people like, you know, as the shit was closing down and wrapping up, like hugs and pounds and. Mm-hmm. And people saying, like, dude, it could end tonight and I'd be happy. You know, the mm-hmm. fucking dealer room hadn't opened. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when I knew a change was in motion. Yeah. Um, 
I wonder sometimes if that's not why I look back at that show specifically so fondly, not because it was necessarily a better show than any other show, but because it was the beginning. It really was. Even though we were at the Chicago one the year before, that's the one where it started to change. Mm -hmm. Was everybody like from the Shattercast crew at that one in Charlotte? Yep. yep. Uh, Everybody was from Shattercast was there. I think, I think so. Justin Oscar was there. Trying to think back to the picture. I know I've seen the picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this <thing. clears throat> um, the realm was there in realm shirts, I believe. Yeah, like that's it, the round just started. Yeah, the five yep. of them were there. Yeah, I look back at the burn video because they were all in it, and I'm like, man, look how young they look. Yeah, you know, uh, like even though it's just like four years ago, five years ago, it's like. Uh, well, like you said, we're not getting any younger. Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> I don't feel younger ever. <laughs> 36, man. To you kids listening, 36 is a year. It starts feeling different. Mm-hmm. Every year after that is just impounded. But yeah, it's um, it's been... Dude, I can walk away from it all and be happy with it. You know what I mean? Like, whatever contribution I've made, like, that people hold me accountable for or don't hold me accountable for, I know what, I, I know what I've helped contribute to. Mm-hmm. you know and i can walk away from it no problem nice because i know i give i know i've seen people m- make friends because of my work mm-hmm. you know like groundwork that i've laid and that's that's huge that's mm-hmm. real big like Son- something to be proud of fuck with, yeah with with all that you know and all those pieces set in motion everything that's going on now like how do you continue to feel like about everything? Is this something that you could see yourself just continuing to be all in? Do you feel like there's any kind of slowdown of momentum of what's happening or do you just foresee it just continuing to be on the, the I, I think the question now is, uh, can the community aspect of it survive or outlive the franchise? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the G1 shit is coming to an end, mm-hmm. you know, um, at least in the masterpiece scale, which is kind of where everybody met over mm-hmm. the legend stuff is kind of just picking up. So that's a new thing. But, uh, you know, Beast Wars is kicking up. We're seeing Transformers Prime shit all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. We're seeing um, a little bit of the Unicron trilogy start to pop up, but very minor. But it's coming. All that shit is coming, mm-hmm. you know, because people don't know what to do because most of the shit is already made. Mm-hmm. What is it going to take for you to swap out your Devi? You know, like, what is it going to take for you to swap out your mm-hmm. your MP Megatron? Like, what is it going to take? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not sure that some of this shit is replaceable at this point. Your fans, toys, Insecticons. I'm not swapping those out. No. I mean, I'm not swapping out for the car. I'm not swapping out for anybody. They're perfect. Yeah. You know, I don't need anything better. So with that, the options of what these companies can produce to fill those shoes become limited. And then with that, it's like, well, once it's all, let's say it is all done. Mm-hmm. You got your fangry. Once you get the fangry, it's over. Mm-hmm. Once the fangry is made, it's a wrap. <laughs> Um, are you still going to the show? You know, like that's, you know, like when it's all over, are you still showing up? Like, and that's, mm-hmm. 
that's it's, it's an interesting different question. Yeah, it's an interesting question because yeah. underneath the whole community aspect that we were just talking about the past few minutes, um, that thread that kind of does hold it all together is our shared interest in these just Transformers brand in general and the tie and, that binds and everything else that comes along with that, whether yeah. it's, you know, DC Marvel or, or anything else that we might have a shared or similar interest in. So, um, when, you know, and especially that seems to be the focus sometimes of a lot of the things. I mean, I trans, you know, Shattercast is a Transformers podcast. That's why mm -hmm. I know you guys, you know, it's been tough with the lack of yeah. uh, the new things that have been of interest to you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it would, I almost be like, it, it's going to be like a, a cyclical thing because it's, you know, as we're getting older, this G1 stuff, like we're getting older. They're yeah. probably figuring how long are we going to stay in this game? How long are you willing to stay in this game? And um, our, our taste of a lot of us are maturing. Yeah. Uh, See, yeah. That's a, that's a very different thing to think about too. Like I'm not 35. I'm coming up on, I'm 38 and I'm coming up on 40. Mm-hmm. You start I, just, I, I just got a today. I just received a premium format Batman statue, one quarter scale. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time looking at that and looking at the rest of my collection. Mm -hmm. It's different. Mm -hmm. Um, my tastes are different. My tastes are evolving. My tastes are changing. Like, um, my Tarn right now. It makes a lot of other things I have look like they're not worth having, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, I, sometimes I'd ask myself, is this a collection I still want to even have mm -hmm. at this, at this standard of quality, mm -hmm. you know, because. <clears throat> Are you only going to think that feeling is going to exacerbate as you continue to get into this quarter scale, quarter scale high. End I can't help stuff. but think that, you yeah. know, like, so I'm, I'm proud of my transformers collection. I've worked hard for my transformers collection. I've busted my ass for my transformers collection. Yeah. But yeah. when I look at it, I'm like four billies and one little Billy what does this collection look like with six statues? Mm -hmm. Does it still illustrate the same thing? Because what am I trying to illustrate? Am I trying? And I think Transformers and I think Star Wars are the two things that might be a little different than the rest mm -hmm. because they might be the two collections where the sum of its parts outweigh its single elements. Like, but let's say I got rid of that wall and I just had all Maja cases with mirrors behind all the cases mm. and lights on every piece. And I just had the sound wave with his tape statue and the star scream on his throne statue and the Grimlock fighting the Sharpticon statue and the fucking hot rod holding the Matrix statue. And the, does that... Does that portray my love for Transformers stronger than what I currently have? And that's the question I'm wrestling with. I what mean, best illustrates my passion? I, I could understand the uh, that allure 
of that higher end piece. I, I've had statues here. Um, I was gifted a statue by a coworker um, a few years ago, an X-Men statue. Um, beautiful fucking statue, beast. Um, Emma Frost, I think on like a Sentinel. Um, when you get a piece like that, yeah, you start looking at the toys on your shelf like, man. Yeah. Um, but you're never, you know, those high-end pieces are nice, but you're never going to get what you got currently, like as far as trying to complete like a collection like they a statue might be one of six and you could get all six but it's not every character that that you might love from the the series so do you see that being an uh but see that's exactly what i'm weighing Mm -hmm. that's exactly what i'm weighing is that like if quantity over quality correct in a way like exactly you know like if let's say first of all we're not getting that fangry that's not happening. We're not getting that. Mm-mm. Ignore it because it's not <laughs> happening. It's not going to happen. It's a, it's a it's a dream. Um. So, where do they draw the line? First generation headmasters. I can see that being a feasible line to draw the line at. So let's say they draw the line there. When I look at that, done. And I look at it and I'm like, man, that looks good. Mm-hmm. It's everybody up until this point. But does this $2,000 Grimlock statue say the exact same thing <laughs> by itself? You know, like that's mm-hmm. where um, that's where I'm getting like. If I were to see that $2,000 Grimlock statue. By itself, does it give me the same feeling as all of this? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying it does. I'm saying I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because I can tell you, I want to go look at my Batman statue again. I just, I got it today. It was unexpected. And I shouldn't have got it, but I did. Mm-hmm. Meaning and what? Like the, the, the buy? Was it? It was gifted buy? to me. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were recording Nerd Rage, and I just received it, and I put it on a little thing just to have some place to put it. And Adam had to take a call during Nerd Rage, so we had to put the show on pause. And I went out in front of it and just sat Indian style in front of it and looked at it. I haven't done that with anything ever. It's the first time I've ever done Like, look, I'm just going to sit here and just take this in for a minute. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's the piece that definitely when you have somebody walk into your basement, it's going to turn ahead, you know? It, ha- I, it, it, has no, it has no choice but to. Yep. It's so big. If you don't look at it, it's going to knock you over. <laughs> um, and it's beautiful. It's sculpted beautifully. It's painted beautifully. It's fucking, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. <clears throat> and yes, it's a statue. Yes, it's fixed. Yes, I'm not posing it. Yes, mm-hmm. it's all this shit. But guess what? I'm not sure I could pose it any better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, And are you, and you're not playing with your toys? No, I don't have time. Right? I don't, yeah. I, I got a Spider-Man PS4 game that I've had for a month. I haven't even got another wrapper. Man. It's a damn shame. It's a good game. I would love to play it. <laughs> yep. I'm here talking to you instead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Thank like, you. I appreciate that. <laughs> like, I just, I don't, 
but that's more important to me. It's more important to have, the, like we've been trying to line this up for months. It's more yeah. important for me to have this conversation than it is to do that. And, and it's that, 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 that is the question is what is important. Oh, and I'm wrestling with it. I'm wrestling with it on all avenues of life. Like, uh, you know, I told my wife recently, I was like, look, we're 38. Like, you know, we're good. We're able to do some things right now. We're not going to be able to do necessarily in 10 years. I'm not getting on some fucking wild roller coaster at 48. Yeah. I've almost kind of seen myself now, man. The last time I was at an amusement park, I turned down some of the roller coasters. Yeah. Oh, like, I, look, I, I, I got to take it easy. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like, so that's the thing is like, what is important to me? And, you know, like, there's no way I'm going to live to 80. Uh, so I'm already past the half point of my life. Uh, and how do I want to spend my back half? You know, like, I'll be honest with you, man. A bad cube gears is not good enough for my back half. I hear you. I hear you. But a lot of that stuff, like, don't you feel like it's done? Like, so you're obviously... You know, you're you're happy with the as is like, right? There's not going to be a lot that's going to make you want to switch up. But even though you've gotten some Correct. of these high end pieces recently, you're not feeling any kind of diminish for like these new releases that you hear like that are coming out from fans toys. Like you're still looking forward to the aerial bots, right? Yes, but fans toys is a right? step above. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I feel um, I feel like you you would probably you're probably okay for now in regards to you know balancing what you're still collecting as far as your masterpiece line yeah. and 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 balancing now what you're dipping your toe into with the higher end collectibles. You know, I know you did it with the hot toys, um, you know, and now with these quarter scale statues. Which and I made the jump quick. Another level, yes, yep, it's another I level. Made, I made the jump quick there, you know, and but I think it's because the hot toys. I already see the end of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm already like, man, like I don't have much left. Like uh, Star Wars, I'll, I'll ride with Star Wars to the end. Like it's, yeah, it's, that's it's my it's it's yeah. my blood. You know, my kids are like it's it's in my family. Like we will go out of like we'll wake the kids up when they have school the next day to come downstairs and watch a trailer because it premiered for star wars <laughs> you know what i mean that's yeah. the only thing that gets that kind of privilege in my home yeah. um but like the rest of this shit man it's like i see the end of my marvel hot toys collection like <laughs> that's coming uh, like you know i got a couple more pieces do, 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 check all the boxes good done yeah. Yeah. dc even sooner you know in terms of the media that they're producing Star Wars, there's no end ever. That's just the the plight of a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Uh, but Transformers, it's like, how long do I hunt this? Mm -hmm. This perfect collection that, you know, how many more MP Optimuses from Takara am I going to get before my Fangry? Mm-hmm. And that's what I was telling that. So I was telling like Dom and, and telling the guys on BTM, I'm like, you're never going to get it. Because you did, they're never gonna. At least from the official side, you know, you might get it from the third party eventually, eventually. Maybe. But but how old are we gonna be? You know, and <clears throat> yeah. and 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 how? And what does it mean at that age? Yeah. How 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 
how long are we willing to be into this? I think I remember asking Dave one time, like, are we going to be doing this at 60? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we really going to be doing if we're, if we're alive then? Dude, you know? I was I was looking through my, to, to make my list for my best figures of the year. Scrolling to, through 2018's videos. I was like, man, most of this shit, I didn't buy. Yeah. Like, Some, you don't I give didn't a buy this shit. Like, I don't give a fuck about most of this shit. I didn't mm -hmm. buy that much shit this year, mm -hmm. uh, Transformers-wise. Bought a lot of Hot Toys this year. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> bought a lot of, like, 112 stuff still. Mm -hmm. uh, but Transformers-wise, I didn't. Are you finding a bigger, like, enjoyment, more excitement with, like, the getting, like, the Hot Toys, Marvel, DC stuff, like, while you were collecting that, more excited to get it than getting Transformers? Because I feel, almost feel like, because you are trying to, let's say, check the boxes and almost mm -hmm. complete that masterpiece scale, it's almost like you're just going through the motions as far as the Transformers collecting, but there's other things that excite you more. Is that Yeah, accurate? I think it's about bang for your buck, right? So, we were just asked a question on Shattercast this week where, you know, how do you get to enjoy your collection? And I was like, man, I get to enjoy my collection in like 15 minute intervals mm -hmm. per week. Like once a week, I will have the time to just sit down in my basement and just look, look. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and marvel in it, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, I tend to find myself having my eyes drift toward the hot toys and the statues. Mm -hmm. Like I have a transformers collection that I know a lot of people would love to have, but I don't spend a whole lot of time looking at that shit mm -hmm. because it just doesn't have the same presence. Um, even like I bought like this, Tarn has far more presence than it. The, uh, I, I bought a Hot Toys Optimus recently because uh, Big Bad Toy Store is offering a deal I, I couldn't refuse. Oh, yeah. I heard you say you picked that up recently. I was wondering. I was like, why? Though we knew that piece wasn't that great. <laughs> it's a piece of shit. Yeah. It's a piece of shit. Yeah. It must have been a good deal. <laughs> yeah, so it was three twenty five, I think. And then you got $200 and... Two twenty might have been two twenty five in store credit oh, towards shit. your next purchases. Right. Um. So it was like basically you bought it for a hundred bucks. bucks. Yeah. Okay. So for that, yeah. Why not? Yeah. So I bought it, and it's a piece of fucking shit. And guess what? I'm enjoying it most in my collection because when I sit down and look at it, it's something to fucking really admire. Mm -hmm. Even though it's built trashy, yeah. you know, and it's thinner plastic and it's nothing. When you sit and you look at it, you're like, fuck, that's Optimus Prime. Mm -hmm. You know, but when I look at my MP10, I'm like, is that him in the, do you have your light on your phone? Can you, I think that's Prime in the back, but I'm not, <laughs> you, you know, like, it's, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm not getting, uh, I think that the Transformers collecting is the fulfillment I'm getting out of it is the completing aspect of it. It's not the in like enjoying to look at it aspect. Mm -hmm. That's a bummer. Yeah.
Because that's something that obviously that you had before, but that's gonna, of course, gonna change, you know, as your taste change and evolve, like as you were mentioning. So yeah, that's only yeah. natural, you know. It's gonna happen with I think with all of us as we're getting older and you start just, you know, experimenting with other things, like the way everybody was getting into hot toys like recently, you know, yeah. and, and it just gets worse, mm -hmm. you know, because then, like, I, I've already started thinking, like, man, how do I work this? How do I? You know, there was a time, I remember the time specifically where I'm like, man, how do I make this consistent purchase of $200 items possible? And in my head, I've already started thinking, like, how do I make this consistent purchase of $500 options? Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's just a disease. Man. Yeah. <laughs> without, without two days of overtime, right? Because <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go back to that, you know? Yeah. But, but it is funny because my spending has actually decreased. Like, uh, I've almost shaved a hundred bucks to 200 bucks off my monthly expenditures. Is that just because lack of product coming out or are you just kind of finer tuning your collecting habits? Definitely 100% lack of product, mm -hmm. um, coming out and also being even available to come out, you know, like I remember there was a time where I would scroll through my like pre-order list at my preferred retailer. And like, be like, man, what's on page seven? What's on page eight? Mm -hmm. God bless. You know, now it's like, if it makes the page, if it makes it to page three, mm -hmm. I'm like, well, what the fuck's coming out this year? You know, yeah. like it's very rare. Mm -hmm. Um, My hot toys shit is out of control, but it's by the end of this year, it's going to be fucking, most of it's going to be in the bag. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it's weird. Are you man. ready? Are you ready for them to hit you all at once when them shit start coming due? Is well, I do, I, do the, I do the payment plans, um, which for the most part are a blessing. Every now and then they fuck me. but Because yeah. every now and then shit doesn't come out on time. They push it all back. And then before you know it, you have seven payments due on one day. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Like, has it it's that's happened? It's crept up on you like that? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this month, actually, I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. Well, it's it's good to talk about because it gives you an idea of how this shit can go. Um, let's see here. I am going to look at my account and look at my calendar for just the month of January. And it's pretty interesting just to see because I, I, mean, I started off just getting Star Wars. That was my, my bag. Um, so January 2019. I had a payment applied to Emperor Palpatine, which paid off my payment because uh, he hit early. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was on the 7th. The 10th, which is tomorrow, I am making my final payment on Episode 8 Leia. And I am making my second to last payment on the Evil Lynn statue. Mm. That is a total of $200 on the 10th. And it was probably a, mm, probably about 160 on the 7th. So that was a, this was a rough week for me. So boom, boom, man. Correct. Back to back. On, right. on Tuesday, the 15th, I'm supposed to make a $52 payment on Boba Fett. <laughs> which will be my last payment on Boba Fett. On the 20th, that's the bad day. 
I have four payments due. Mm. My fifth payment on Superman. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to get pushed back. Mm. My second payment on Obi-Wan. That's going to happen. There's no escaping that one. <laughs> My second payment on Captain America. That's going to happen. No escaping that one. And my fifth payment on Deadpool. That's going to happen because he's already out. Mm. So I don't think the Superman one is going to happen, but that's three more payments. Then on the 25th, I have a payment of $41 due for Thanos. That's my fourth out of seventh payment. And that's it for this month. So three Hot Toys will get shipped to me this month. And I'm making a total of one, two, three, four, eight, nine payments. Mm. And that yeah. all spawned from, could I get one a month? <laughs> Talk that, about escalation. That's how this shit is. Yeah, I, I could understand it, though, because sometimes you just, you can't help it. You do just get the fever, you know? And um, you, you do try to stay conservative and tell yourself, yeah, I'm going to just do this one. Um, but there's just too much good shit out there. Man. Yep. It's hard to say no sometimes. But, you know, a lot of that shit is coming to an end, you know, like. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to get another Deadpool. Mm -hmm. You know, that's going to be fun. You know, I'm not going to get another Star-Lord. I'm not going to get another Groot. I'm not going to get another Rocket. Like, I'm not going to, you know, it's a one and done for most of it. Every now and then I find something where I'm like, fuck, I don't know if I made the right choice here. I might, like, Thanos, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, my wife has become a huge Thanos fan, so he's going to go upstairs. But if they make a Thanos in armor, guess who's getting that? Yeah, this, yeah. Guy, <laughs> this guy's getting the Thanos in armor, especially if he has a gauntlet attached to him. This guy's getting him. So that's a lot, though. That's a yeah, and like you said, it all stemmed from one. Mm-hmm. So crazy how it could hit you. How long? And these pre-orders, do they give you the option to just kind of pay outright if if you can? You can, but you can only pay outright when it comes in stock. Mm. So you can't put it like you can't you put can't it on pay straight order. You can't pay straight away. Okay. Yeah. So you're forced to pay monthly. Or pay it once when it hits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the payment plan, I think, is a good thing, especially for those that feel like these things might be too expensive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's me. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all about the payment plan. But as long mm-hmm. as that shit comes out in a timely manner, it's fine. It's when yeah. it doesn't. Then it's like, man, fuck. Are you almost, is the Hot Toys game to that point? I mean, I, I assume it is, I guess, because some of these pieces are like hard to find, but is it almost to the point like where third party was a few years ago where you had to pre-order this stuff or else you're going to uh, high prices on the aftermarket? For original trilogy, Star Wars and Marvel. Mm-hmm. Prequel trilogy, you can wait a little bit. Sequel trilogy, you can wait a little bit. DC, you can wait a little bit. But the Marvel shit and that original trilogy, you need to kind of be on the money. Mm-hmm. To include stuff like, uh, I was just talking on Nerd Rage today, like that Death Trooper is going for an arm and a leg from Rogue One. Just because, like, that's just not original trilogy, but you know what it is? Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So. Uh- and that's the thing, though, is that's true. So sometimes you'll just never know. You yeah. Know? Like some of these recent, you know, some some of these Transformers pieces, like selling out, where before, like we felt like we had gotten to a pretty good point where there was no fear of anything selling out. Like, you know, if you didn't pre-order it, 
you know i will look real quick at that uh just take a look at that uh star wars like to see like the anakin like i, I thought the anakin would sell out quick mm-hmm. uh just because there's kind of like a there's kind of like a resurgence in prequel you know kind of interest uh both of them are available the exclusive and the standard version are both available still so it ain't shit kylo came out still available like all this shit is still available it's just that that original trilogy stuff that's the shit that's hard to get mm. boba yeah. boba's still available but vader oh well, vader's still available so uh-huh. there's some shit still out there but it's just that's the stuff that goes a little faster than than the uh than the this other stuff so especially like you know like all the you know the the hate that's come from this disney stuff it's you know it's making it easy for me mm. do you you are still like all in like on the the dc pieces because i know kind of chris was feeling a certain way and he wanted out because of the way yeah, that chris is a pair of flip-flops man that dude's a pair of flip-flops <laughs> <laughs> i felt like he was turning them over pretty quick i'm like damn the fucking that dude didn't even really? want that dude man it's funny man chris and i's relationship regarding hot toys is so funny because he was in on them i wasn't he sold me on them then i sold him on marvel ones then now he's getting out of the DC ones and going balls deep into the Marvel. You know, it's just, it's a very interesting relationship that we have regarding the hot toy stuff. But, uh, yeah, like I will give Chris credit to this, to the day I die is that he showed me, uh, what they were supposed to do. You know, I wasn't impressed with hot toys because, I reviewed a few and I reviewed like a sideshow figure or two mm-hmm. uh, that people sent me. And I was like, this shit is a trash action figure. It doesn't perform. I can get a fucking figuarts for 60 bucks that outperforms this thing. Yeah. But it's not trying to. It's trying to do something else. And that's, it was Chris's display that made me understand that. Yeah. I was yeah. like, wait a minute. These aren't figures at all. These are statues that you can pose, mm-hmm. and that's different. Yep. And then, as soon as that clicked for me, it was over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His and his display, I mean, is impressive. You first time you see a display like that, you're just like, damn. You know? Yeah. Well, it was. It was. The, it was impressive when he had yeah. all the DC stuff in it. Now it's kind of subpar, but yeah. <laughs> Does he have was, some empty spaces? <laughs> he's gotten rid of those. <laughs> he's got some Zuvios in there now. He's fucking out of his mind. Um, but he had a very impressive display for a minute. Uh, I loved the uh, seeing the Trinity man. On, uh, oh my god, dude! Yeah. I was heartbroken when he sold that because that was what sold me. Like it yeah. was seeing those three on the top shelf across three detolfs behind glass, lit up. That I was like, "Fuck!" I didn't understand this until uh, now. Yeah. And then he sold those. Now he's got some other shit in there. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> fine. <laughs> I love seeing that Trinity man, and and you know, like I'm a big DC Mark. I know you are too. You oh know my thinking? god, that's something I wanted to talk to you about as well. Like, can you remember like what it was with DC? Like as a kid, what brought you into that? Dude, it wasn't as a kid. That was what brought me into it. It was um, I grew up as a kid reading Marvel. 
Okay. Uh, I read pretty much exclusively Marvel. I didn't read. I, I, my dad liked Batman when he was a kid, so I checked a Batman book out every once in a while to kind of try to understand my dad. Uh, but I didn't get it. I um, I got. The, I forget the. I think it was. I don't know if it was Detective Comics, comics or one of them. It was like a big number, and it was. It was during the Nightfall era mm-hmm. when, um, uh, I guess it was, what is it, Azrael yeah, took over Batman. the the Batman mantle, yeah. and he had a different suit and all that. It had the foil cover, a little hologram card on it. <laughs> like I, I bought that one, um, the Robin one that was in that same line. Like yeah. I read a bunch of that, and I was just like, man, this shit is just not as cool as X Men and. Uh, Spider-Man, which was pretty much the only Marvel books I really was reading. Nobody was reading like Avengers and shit during that time. No, no, yeah, stuff was um, Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Nobody gave a shit. Fuck yeah. them. Mm-hmm. It was like that was your dad's comics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like X-Men and Spider-Man were that, that was the kid shit. You know, yep. that was the cutting edge. Um, and then I got to a point where those books didn't appeal to me anymore because they didn't just reach me, and I let it comics go, kind of in general. And uh, Adam had picked up uh, Grant Morrison's Arkham Asylum and Alex Ross's Justice, uh, Superman and Batman, the two separate. He put out these oversized mm-hmm. editions. And I was spending the night at Adam's one night and he was like, look, just read Arkham Asylum. And I was like, OK, so I, I read it. I opened the book. I couldn't put it down closed it and i was like oh my god and then i was like a fiend like i just went over to his shelf i just started pulling books off and started reading them i read that i read all the alex ross the the batman the superman the wonder Woman, whatever adam had at the time i just read them cover to cover Mm -hmm. and i was like what the fuck was i thinking about i didn't understand it i was too young to appreciate those characters and Adam and I went to a comic book convention in Pittsburgh and on the road trip, I was like, look, just explain the DC universe to me. And he explained it to me. And I was like, that's it. I'm in. (laughs) And I've been a DC, like a diehard DC fan ever since. I mean, I went back, I read crisis on infinite earth. I read anything Uh, just to, you know, anything to understand that world a bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though to those that are interested in reading it, crisis, the original crisis does not hold up like it used to, but. Oh no, no. I mean, but I remember back then cause I, I got into it young. So, and I just remember hunting for those back issues, you know, and they weren't too expensive back then. Cause it was still, it was 88, 89, yeah. you know, and 90, 91 when I'm filling all that stuff in. How old are you at the time? Um, I was born 1980. So we're the same. Okay, me too. Yeah, yeah. So you were like a 10, 11 years old. That's pretty young in my opinion to get into DC. Yeah. I was, uh, I probably, I remember the actual issue. Like it was, um, cause I, I, we spoke about it on BTM. I was like, what got you into superheroes? And we spoke about, you know, initially when you're exposed to this stuff for me, it was like you know, uh, Bill Bixby, incredible Hulk show, uh-huh. um, the Superman movie, you know, Christopher Reeves, yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. That. all that stuff was always being, you know, reruns back then. Um, but the comic books, I remember walking into a bodega and they got the freaking, you know, the comic rack there. Yeah. And, uh, I think it was Superman like 22 or something like that. And it was like a cover where he, 
suppose like he killed Lois Lane. You see him dressed up as Clark Kent. Um, his shirt is ripped, so you see the S. And he's like, Lois, like, I don't know what I did. I just like lost control. And the cover was like so striking to me. Picked it up, kind of like thumbed through it. You know, back then, them shits were like 75 cents. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it was pretty easy to get. So picked it up. And that was it, dude. Like, I like just fell in love. I did everything I could to wow. get back issues. And, uh, and, and Superman in particular, I think that's the thing. Because those Christopher Reeve movies and then reading that comic book, um, he was like my favorite back then. And then like The Flash, you know, another fucking hero I love. But uh, I always just kind of gravitated more towards DC than Marvel. Like I did like Incredible Hulk. I liked um, Spider-Man, um, X-Men. I started getting into uh, during the Jim Lee like era. I didn't really read a lot of it before. Yeah, I think that was a lot of people's kind you of know, introduction. The introduction. I, I eventually went back to the Chris Claremont, John Byrne days and stuff like that. Um, but man, I just loved the DC stories. And um, I, I got a pretty good run. My Superman still to this day, like from the, the John Byrne revamp with the Man of Steel miniseries all the way from the revamp Superman series. So basically every single issue and he came out three times a month and then eventually four times a month with four different titles. I got every single issue between like 1986 to like about 2001. I mean, like that's pretty impressive. Bro. Yeah. I, like I, I, what I'm mostly surprised by is the level of, I, I feel like, um, and I can only really have this conversation with DC fans. Um, and especially DC fans that have read or still read Marvel. But there is like with, uh, in pre new 52, mm-hmm. there is like this sophistication and maturity with DC books that like, you just don't get with Marvel. And like, it's like these, these books that say so much more than what they're saying, you know, and like I can read a Marvel book and have a lot of fun with it and think it's great little story. And I really enjoyed it. Let's talk about its implications for the character. Let's talk about its implications for the Avengers. Let's talk about its implications for the X-Men. Let's talk about, you know, like let's have those conversations. I'm up for that. I'm, I'm with the shits. I'm good. But I can read a DC book and be like, man, what the fuck does this make you feel about life? <laughs> you know, and like that's the, that's why I I ended up gravitating more towards DC is because I just felt like there was richer content, mm-hmm. um, which is what it all comes down to me is the material and the content. That's what yeah. it always comes down to me. Like, and it's yeah. in, it's interesting, you know. What I'm saying like you coming into that later, you know, because growing up, like DC wasn't the cool company to like Marvel was the cool company, you know, one hundred percent, even you know, throughout that, you know, when the bubble burst in the nineties with the comics and shit like that, I'm kind of like Marvel going bankrupt. They were still kind of considered like number one, like in the game, Without a doubt. Um, you know, and then you're right. Like in the two thousands, uh, DC, you know, hit another level when it came to, um, those sophisticated stories, you know what I'm saying? Like an identity crisis, uh, you know, or even when they go a little bit more, you know, cosmic, um, with the, like an infinite crisis or something like that. Like, and I just always felt that just the DC heroes in general were just more iconic in a way. Like, oh, well, with, without a doubt, you know, so that's why I always gra- gravitated. Like I know we always, people always say, Oh, well, I like the Marvel heroes more cause they make the, the, the heroes more relatable and stuff like that. But that doesn't always have to be the purpose of the story. You know, you're still reading about 
you know, Correct. these people that do fantastic things that you'll never do, you know, Which ever. We just had a conversation about recently on Nerd Rage, like um, that exact topic, uh, which led to some useless arguing. But um, like, I agree that Marvel characters can be more relatable, but just because something is more relatable doesn't mean that it's better. Yep. Um, and... I don't know. It's like, it's where you put your value, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, okay. So if I listen to, uh, uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of something off the top of my head, but like Beanie Siegel's the truth. Do I find it relatable? 1000%. Like, but is it as good as, is it as, is it as good structurally, technically, sonically as tools vicarious? Mm. No, no, it's not <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a lot more depth and richness and conversation to be had from that record and everything else from vicarious, but I relate more to the truth, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it doesn't mean that one is bad and the other one is 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 good. It just means that one is richer and deeper and more meaningful and the other one is more relatable. Mm-hmm. And they like sometimes you want steak and sometimes you want pizza. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. And it also comes down to the nuance within the individual storytelling. Because, I mean, I, I love Spider-Man to death, uh, but there was a point, especially when I was younger, um where i got to the point where i'm reading these books and i'm like fuck man this dude's always in a shitty situation like he should fucking get a win every now and again right you know like as far as his personal life you know what I'm right saying? he's getting these wins you know as spider-man and then he goes back to being peter parker and it's like he he fucking you know jonah stiffed him on his check or fucking you know betty brant you know he couldn't be there so betty brant brushed him off like type shit like you just it got to a point where you're reading that stuff and it's just like ah like enough um you know but yeah man like it's it's different doesn't mean you know one is better than the other and uh you know like i, I wanted to have a conversation with you like about that just kind of like in general and uh how you came to like that because i thought you you kind of grew up um kind of leaning towards that DC side. Nope, not at all. Yeah. I was a diehard Marvel fan until I was in my mid 20s. Yeah. And then once I was in my mid 20s and I got exposed to um Grant Morrison's writing uh Alex Ross stuff, mm-hmm. uh Kingdom Come uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sales, Batman stuff, mm-hmm. and there's some pretty good Elseworlds like stories out there too. Red Sun, Red yeah, Sun Red was Sun. one that I read early on. Did you ever read uh, Speeding Bullets? I believe so. It's like uh, you know, uh, Batman is like Superman, like the yes. rocket landing. Yes, 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 yes. That was a good one. Uh-huh. Yep, I did that one. Um, <clears throat> there was a lot of that stuff I read and then and then and then I just was like once I got in like I did all the Batman shit like I, I like I wanted to understand that character inside and out mm-hmm. and then I started reading Superman and then Batman Superman and then Justice League and then Green Lantern and then Flash and then Wonder Woman and then like you know like my DC collection just started going you know and and I stopped reading Marvel I only recently got back into reading Marvel probably 
three, four years ago. Yeah, a lot of their stuff I've I've cut out. Um, it's I mean, just I haven't very, read. it's very surfacey. You know, like it's very like, man, that was, that was a like, you know, as Chris and I say, that, that was a fun romp. You know, it was mm-hmm. a good time, but it's there's no meat to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's good guys fight bad guys, good guys win, everybody goes home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't people that don't know DC like. They, I don't know. They, they dismiss it uh, prematurely and um, indiscriminately and uh, unfairly. I feel like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I said, it's never been like the cool to be like on DC side. Like you know, what I'm saying when you're like, and like I said, I never like to take sides because I'm like I read Marvel too. Yeah, me too. You know, um, and I never took a side in that war. But I'm like, man, DC's like my shit. And then I, you know, I got to deal with my cousins like, ah, fucking DC's whack. He's back. Yeah, and I think yeah. like you know the, the movies haven't made it any easier. That's for yeah, sure. Exactly. Uh, you know, every now and then you'll get a Batman movie. Like, uh, you know, we had a conversation today on Nerd Rage where it's like, I don't know if there's been a more impactful comic book movie since Dark Knight. Well, and I'm I'm choosing that word. I'm choosing that word wisely. No. I don't feel like and and Joe made a good point. He was like, maybe you can only see the impact when it's over. Um, which I I gotta deconstruct a little bit. Mm-hmm. Time does add perspective to things, you know. But like, I don't feel like anybody's talking about Iron Man one or Hulk the same way they're talking about Dark Knight. I feel like people are talking about Iron Man more than they're talking about the Hulk. But. I don't feel like people are talking about Iron Man the same way they're talking about Dark Knight. And I don't and I don't feel like people are talking about the Hulk at all. And like the Edward Norton, the incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Like nobody's talking about that fucking movie. Mm-mm. I don't feel like anybody's really talking about Captain America, Thor One. Like Winter Soldier I'd put in that pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, that movie stands the test of time. Civil War, maybe like maybe Ragnarok. Even though I don't feel like that's deserved, uh, not at all. Um, but I feel like people are still talking about that movie like it's something. Uh, it's just I feel maybe just because it's a little bit more recent, um, and, and and that's where we ended up hitting a brick wall. Was how long? How much time do you need to pass before you realize the impact of something? It all stemmed from a conversation of whether or not this Netflix stuff is going to be impactful. And I was like, man, I got a feeling none of it will be. No, you know, it's going to have less impact just because, um, you know, it's supposed to be all together and tie in, but it really doesn't. Besides the loose little mentions here and there, the yeah. incident, the papers on the wall, the newspaper, yeah. um, that's all you're really getting. Um, you're never going to get that back from the movie side of things. But is that because it's inherently good or because it's tying into something that is good? You know, I don't know. I don't, yeah. I, you know, I. I don't I think agree. I it. feel like people are talking about the incident and people selling the DVDs and all that, like a lot more than people are actually talking about the content of much of the Netflix stuff. Iron yeah. Fist, both seasons are a wash. S- second season of Jessica Jones is a wash. Mm-hmm. Second season of, or the first, the Defenders is a wash. Um, Punisher and the Daredevil and Jessica Jones season one, and then sometimes Luke Cage season one are the only things that really kind of enter in conversation. 
And then once you start digging into those, I feel like the only things that end up left, like after you filtered through it all, mm-hmm. is Daredevil season one and two and Punisher season one. Yeah, see, well, a lot of the stuff didn't really hold up afterwards. And and when that stuff was first coming out, of course, that the hype is there, you know, and then you're you're getting the mentions and the tie-ins, which is going to just keep fueling that. Um, but as time went on, yeah, I agree with you. Daredevil season one uh, was awesome. Jessica Jones, I liked, but it wasn't the same as Daredevil. Like, I nope. kind of struggled with it a little bit in season one. I feel um, like all that shit is like... Even Daredevil season one, even Punisher, like it's all like two to two to four episodes too long. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if they could have all been eight episodes, they'd be telling a much tighter story. Because or, or if it needed to be nine, be nine. But if it also needed to be three, just let it be three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean. The Luke Cage got terrible once they killed off Cottonmouth. Like, yeah, that, and then it was a wrap. Yeah. That, Losing that character and that actor just in general, very charismatic dude. Yeah. Um, and then just being left with Diamondback. Hold up. He didn't no hold good. up. He no was, good. Like a cartoon character. Correct. What we got. Like a like a mustache twirler. Yeah. So weird. You know, and especially because of the way he was built up earlier in that season. Like, so you're thinking, okay, he's like this crime boss fucking badass. Like, the kingpin almost and then yeah. he's out there on the street like doing his own fucking dirty work like it's just weird in a cartoony way like, yeah and then in a little combat suit and yeah. it doesn't work it's terrible um you know the first you know there was aspects of iron fist that i liked but just in general just the level of give a fuck on my end just wasn't there anymore like it was on in the initial stages of, of the netflix programming and even now i'm still behind man i gotta catch up on uh, season two of Luke Cage, season two of Jessica Jones, season three of Daredevil. I haven't watched any of it yet. I havenven't felt like that urgency to because mm-hmm. ultimately, especially now with it all coming to an end, does it mean anything? Yeah, it mean anything? That's the question. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how it will be remembered. I don't know what the Netflix legacy will be. I don't know. I, I know for me, I'll always look at Punisher fondly because it changed the way I saw that character. Because I've always seen Punisher as a very singularly one-dimensional character with no real interest, mm-hmm. um, and it made that character three-dimensional for me for the first time in my entire life. Uh, but you know, it's got second season coming this weekend or next weekend. Like it could ruin it all. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like you know, like. The, the worst thing you can do with the Punisher, in my opinion, is just make him this walking killing machine. Like, you know, because it's just after you do that once or twice, it's like, yeah, okay, I get it. You walk up, you shoot people in their head. and you mm-hmm. keep, like, I get it. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, 60 years. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think Daredevil will be the one out of all these shows and maybe, you know, Punisher because everybody loves um, this dude. You know, John. He's doing a great uh, job. Yeah. Um, I think those will probably be the two out of all of them that'll probably be remembered um the best or more fondly out of the rest of them. You know. Yeah. In my opinion. You know, so dude, we could keep going, you know, hours can, and hours and hours. But um, I think it's a good point to wrap up. And of course, uh we haven't even scratched the surface of things that I kind of want to discuss and talk about with you. So of course, you know, as hard as it was as it was to line this up. Um, I'll definitely have you back and uh, yeah. have a lot more things to talk about. I mean, you just pop culture stuff. Yeah. Um, whatever, whatever the stars align. 
Yeah. So, um, but thank you, man, once again for taking the time, uh, you know, to be here and uh, do this show. I really appreciate that. Um, I know it almost goes without saying, like, you don't almost don't need to say it, but I always tell my guests just uh, before we wrap up, just let the people out there know where they can find you on social media. Uh, in your girls' DMs. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting no less of an answer. <laughs> well, thanks, dude, man. I appreciate it and uh, hope to have you back soon. Absolutely, man. You know I love you. All right. Peace out. All right, guys, that was a long one, and I hope you really enjoyed it. And once again, I want to thank Bobby for hopping on and having a conversation here with me on Verbally Challenged. And guys, to anybody that's out there listening, you're more than welcome to come on this show and have a conversation with me. All you got to do is just hit me up on social media. You can find me all over at HarrikanBX. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, and the PlayStation Network. All over social media, guys, at HarrikanBX. Hit me up. You can be on a future episode, and I'd really love to conversate with you so before we head out guys some quick shout outs remember to check out realmofcollectors.com we're on facebook as a group realm of collectors and we're on instagram at realm of collectors check out the podcast on the realm of collectors youtube channel we have enter the realm and breaking the mold mondays and tuesdays respectively at 8 p.m eastern standard time those two shows are also available in audio format on all podcast pushing platforms don't forget mpsp theater on Friday. Friday nights around 9-ish with the host, Masterpiece Shippiece, Nick Brammer, and the rest of the crew. Always good times on that show. Check it out around 9-ish every single Friday night on the Realm of Collectors YouTube channel. Breaking the mold, enter the realm, and now this show, I'm very proud to say, is a proud part of the cool table, so please pull up a chair. It's a network hub for like-minded podcasts, including Shattercast Uncut, Nerd Rage Radio, you can find Bobby Skullface on both of those plastic fanatics toy detox stasis lock building up to it fresh communication beer and bolts is 40k and eight weeks you can find a cool table on facebook along with links to all those other awesome podcasts all right guys that's it that's the episode thank you for the download thank you for the stream thank you for listening i really really appreciate it we'll be back soon real real soon with the next episode all right so take care stay safe and peace out